This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So. We're in, a, we're in a, a mobile studio setup in Austin, Texas, because uh, we're here all week. We got an, a bunch of amazing guests, and we're doing a live show this Friday. But let's talk about news. That's what you're here for. It was a crazy weekend. Donald Trump tweeted just World War III. That's all he said. And then he gets a whole bunch of news written about him. And China says they're ready to fight. Oh, boy. Pentagon leaked documents suggest Russia is actually winning. And surprise, surprise, they're lying to us. Unless those leaked documents are actually just propaganda propaganda in and, uh, in and unto themselves. But you know what? I wanted to leave with a story that I think was kind of a white pill moment that would be inspiring for all of you. And that's Anheuser-Busch has seen a multi-billion dollar market cap drop off since the start of this controversy when they hired Dylan Mulvaney reportedly sales are dropping rumors are circulating that they're not selling product videos are popping up all over the internet showing beer sections where the Budweiser and the Bush products are all still there and other companies are all sold out this could all be propaganda too but you know what I want to at least believe that we can win if we organize and you know what is also true it's entirely possible the naysayers who are acting like this is not a big deal are actually the propagandists trying to say, stop doing what you're doing. When in reality, I look at the hard numbers. Since the start of this controversy, their stock is down, I think around 5% for a multi-billion dollar market cap drop. So uh, we can organize, we can vote with our dollars, and we can win. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But before we get into all that, let me try and slide forward in this awkward situation. And everyone head over to TimCast.com. Become a member by clicking join us to join our members we're having a, we're, we're, we're doing what we can here with this mobile studio so thanks for hanging out but uh click join us become a member support our work as a member you'll get access to our members only uncensored show we're gonna have one of those up tonight at about 10 10 p.m eastern time and you can also join our discord server where you can chat with a whole bunch of like-minded people and after you've been a member for six months you get access to the vip chat and voice chat voice chat where you can submit questions actually call in and ask us questions and you can jump the line if you want by signing up for 25 bucks per month and then of course we have the elite club which is more community building and we got a bunch of really cool programs every friday we're going to start shouting out members projects companies or otherwise because y'all are actually the people sponsoring the show already so friday will be your day so smash that like button subscribe to this channel share the show with your friends joining us tonight to talk about all of this and a whole lot more is Peter Bogosian. Hey, thanks should, for having me. Should I say Dr. Peter Bogosian? No, Peter. Peter's fine. But you're a doctor, right? Correct. But Peter's, <laughs> Peter's more. Peter's fine. But, so don't listen to anybody because they're a doctor. In fact, it probably means if they got their degree recently, it's probably a bad thing. It probably is an indication that they're brainwashed. But for people who aren't familiar, uh, I mean, aside from a, a whole bunch of accolades, I think a lot of people might know you from what the Sokol Squared hoax, where you, Helen Pluckrose, and James Lindsay created these uh what would you what would you call them woke fake fake papers woke papers that we played on the moral prejudices of journals and showed that the bodies of literature were corrupt the bodies of literature by the way that were forming public policies upon so simply put you uh in one instance took a chapter from mein Kampf correct and changed it to uh, a feminist talking points like you you changed key pronouns to feminist pronoun like feminist nouns and they accepted it. Yeah, we had two two papers. One, we just 
interchanged Jews for white men. And the other one, we, 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 <laughs> that's brutal. And the other, thank you. And, and the other one, we, we rewrote with that in mind. So it's good to be here with everybody. Yeah. And, uh, I think we have a lot to talk about considering what's going on with the, the Anheuser-Busch thing, wokeness. Now yeah. there's talk about the Mario movie making a bunch of money. And, uh, so we'll talk about that stuff. And then of course, Riley Gaines is right. a big story. The she, she University was of San Francisco. That's a big story in my, in my world. I think it's massive. She got attacked. She was ch chased by a, a, a mob yeah. and then locked in a room for what, three hours. So we'll, we'll get into all that stuff. We'll get into it. And what's really fascinating to me that's interesting, but the university's response is what we should drill down on. Right on, absolutely. And Luke Rakowski's here. Well, yeehaw. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human oh, beings. Yeah. It's good to be back. The dollar is collapsing. The petrodollar is being replaced. The proxy war is expanding. Everything we told you was going to happen is happening, but it's happening on a bigger scale, so things are going to get a lot crazier. It's good to be back. Since we're in Texas, I decided to wear my Ron Paul, if I told you so, was a person shirt, which you could get on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. Good to see you guys. It's been a while. It's the most cowboy you've ever been, man. I know. I you love know, it. You got to fit in. Yeehaw. Hey, Peter, what's your doctorate in? Uh, education. Nice. Well, hey, I'm Ian Crossland. Let's get going. Surge Let's jump to this, uh, this this first story right here. Yeah, we got Serge. He's not on the mic. He's not on the camera. So I yeah, no camera guys. In the distance. All right, let's uh, let's jump to this first story. We got this from the Daily Mail. Bud Light's VP says she wanted to update the fratty and out of touch branding with inclusivity days before Dylan Mulvaney's controversial partnership with beer was unveiled. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna humble brag here. I called this in my conversation with Vivek Ramaswamy, when I said what's likely happening is these millennial women are getting promoted in these companies, they hold these views, then they start adopting these things. It is not, it is not like some 56-year-old Gen Xer or whatever running the company said, this is what we gotta do. It is a young millennial person taking these jobs. But of course, what everyone really came here for is this tweet from DC Drano. He says, on March 31st, Anheuser-Busch had a $132.38 billion market cap as of today, it is now $128.4 billion. You know what that means? The, the woke Bud Light campaign has already shaved off nearly $4 billion in company value. Don't let Democrats lie to you. Conservative boycotts work. So uh, a, a white pill moment, I suppose. Boycotts do work. Voting with your dollar does work. And this one is the easiest thing for people to do because everyone's always like, what can I do? I don't want to risk my family. I don't know how I can affect the, 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 the electoral system. Who do I vote for? I can only vote every few years. This one's really easy. Don't buy Bush. Don't buy Anheuser products. Don't buy Budweiser. Don't buy Bud Light. And if, it, if this can be kept up. That's the, that's the thing right there, right? So it's only worked if it can be kept up. So it's got to be kept up and it's got it's got to be sustained to a certain degree where you need one thing to happen. Budweiser apologizes. Yeah, that's it. And until the apology, don't buy Bud. And well, so well, yeah, right. When they when they do apologize, I say buy a bunch. Yeah. What, what, what market forecasters and everybody needs to see is that when they did this campaign with Dylan Mulvaney, their their stock drops, their sales drop. And then as soon as they apologized, goes right back up. Yeah. So, so, so I, I should go up even higher. If they apologize, I'll buy a ton of beer. I'm not going to drink it, but, you know, I'll buy it. I think the other thing to think, think about is exactly what you said. What can you do? And it's not that you can give money to or cause you like what you can, but you can stop giving your money things. For example, you can stop giving your money to your alma mater. We have a project that we sponsored called Don't Donate, where we ask people the simplest ask in the world. Don't donate to your alma mater. It's not the same place. You're... you're 
pushing woke ideology. You're literally giving it a, a kind of financial oxygen. Same thing with Bud Light. Don't buy it. Any companies that you've been donating to or, or working with, check and see if they've been bought lately because there's been a lot of corporate conglomeration in the last decade. Right. Like Anheuser-Busch merged with some... They're, they're, in, InBev, yeah. Yeah. And so now there's a bunch of other brands. Anheuser-Busch is actually really, really big. Here's my favorite. Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted out a picture of buying Coors. And then some leftist posted Coors woke campaign as well. Right. But here's my thing. I don't I don't care. I, I do not care if Bud Light put, makes a pride can. That's not what I care about. What I care about is Dylan Mulvaney represents the algorithmic crisis that is causing teenage depression, that is expanding and creating wokeness, in my view. And then they reward it. Not only that, but TikTok, I believe, is likely a Trojan horse. The, you know, the, the, the story goes that in China, they get more controlled and academic content. And in the U.S., it's all weird woke stuff and people who think they're frogs, you know, frog, frog self pronouns and stuff like that. Very horrible ideas that are corrupting people's brains. And that Dylan Mulvaney is, is a perfect example of what those algorithms do. So when Bud Light dumps money into that, promotes it, they're actually making the algorithmic crisis substantially worse. So my, I'm, my thing is like, get away from it. Don't don't fund that stuff. There's a lot of interesting things at play here because there's also the ESG score. There's also fifth yeah. generational warfare. We could go deep down the rabbit hole when it comes to explaining what's really going on here. But on a simple level, I, I think if we explain what just happened, it was a company trying to sell beer to, quote, what they deemed a younger audience, but mainly a part of just preaching to a woke religion right. that they were trying to serve here. And it's pretty clear that they kind of forgot about their customer base and a lot of people are discussing hey what what beer should i drink here what what's next beer what's next next beer i should move on i i think it's also important to note here that even woke people won't be buying uh bud light because it's like you think we're, we're that simple where you could just put some person on there and that's going to make me want to buy your your fluoride filled piss drink no thank you i don't want that bull crap it's anywhere near me it's an endocrine disruptor and i think a lot of people the discussion that i would love to have here to have a deeper discussion maybe instead of replacing your beer maybe 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 let's 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 stay away from the moob creating endocrine disruptors that do of course have a very negative effect on you and i think this is a perfect time to start that conversation I mean, being like hey don't support this bull crap I because it's bad for you I don't drink. Yeah. And how evil do you have to be? Because the video of this VP came out and she's talking about, we have to appeal to a younger, younger audience. She has the yeah. rainbows behind her. What kind of evil person do you have to be to say, we're going to get young kids hooked on beer and alcohol? <laughs> you are a low vibrational, wow, like bad human being when you're such a corporatist where you're like, we got to get all these people hooked on alcohol. But yeah, you're, young, you're a bad person. I'm just sorry. Young how, drinkers is how Young drinkers. It. Yes. That's horrible. Young drinkers. That's what she said. Peppered with woke language throughout. Yeah. And so here's the thing. They're targeting college kids. They're targeting yeah. people who are under the legal age to drink. Yeah. Now, that being said, I think 18 should be the legal drinking age. I think it's ridiculous they raised it, raised it to 21 in the first place. And I actually think beer is actually pretty great. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. 
CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Um, I don't drink it. The problem is abuse, not having some. I might have a beer once or twice a year, to be completely honest, depending on the situation, but it's not going to be Bud Light because Bud Light's just, yeah. it's like not really beer. Yeah, it's Newcastle, if you're going to try it. Good. There was even, yeah, a, new, there was even a new medical study that came out showing that even moderate drinking yes, has yes. very negative cognitive yep. effects yes. for your brain yep. and ages your brain and stops blood flow to your brain. There, the moop things is, is real. There's, there's a reason Bill Gates has moops, okay? And it's not accidental. It's you're not saying, a coincidence. You're saying he drinks too much beer? Um, that and of course all the horrible pesticides and byproducts there's also a lot of glyphosate in of course the beer as well it's good to be back to get this off of my chest here i feel feel awesome (laughs) to finally be able to explain a lot of this stuff because you know at at the end of the day here it is a corporation trying to sell a product a product that does have a lot of negative consequences for people that should be the discussion here i think so let me ask you this question i i maybe we can all agree i think everybody would be better off if they just drank water I agree. Well, water you, son. I have some water right here. Uh, yeah. Plastic in plastic water. I'm on the road. Come on. You know that we actually do have glasses over there. Sorry to interrupt. I didn't find them, so I'm using a, a measuring. See, that's why I like cup. you, Peter. Yeah. Hey, it holds water. It gets a job done. It's good. Now, enough, here's here's, here's an important thing to consider too for 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 this stuff. The reason why I really really am am energized, in, enervated by the story is Bud Light deserves to lose money. Not just because we disagree with the ideological position of, say, you know, TikTok, Dylan Mulvaney or whatever. Bud Light deserves to lose money because this has to be one of the stupidest business decisions, irrespective of wokeness in that you've got people from the ages of 21 to on average 79.3 years old. Your your market share is 50 plus years, 57, 58 years And what they've done is said, we've got to get rid of the frat culture and appeal to a younger audience. So they're targeting people from the ages of 21 to 25 in an effort to sell beer at the expense of 25 to 80. And they've got to understand the amount of financial duress people are under that are from the age of 21 to 25. Young people is a constant theme on this show and others that... People don't have money. They don't have direction. The school is too expensive. They're in debt. Like, well, they do have money. Hold on. The money's money's being devalued. The money's being devalued. But but, but real quick, Ian, that actually makes them smart. But they're targeting a, a, a segment of population that doesn't have money. That's the weird thing. That's actually a good point. You know, it's funny because they say when times are good, people drink. When times are bad, people drink. More. And so, right. And so maybe they're hoping, like, maybe the real gambit here is these young people are depressed and listless. They're going to get drunk. Wow. <laughs> Do you think, I mean, what better way right to forget at? your sorrows? What better way to live in your pod and eat the bugs? And of course, if yeah. you remember during during COVID, the alcohol industry skyrocketed. They, they were allowed to have liquor stores that were allowed to be open. Meanwhile, the mom and pop stores weren't allowed to be open as well. So a lot of people drank a lot. A lot of people who are depressed drink a lot. And it makes a lot of emotional issues, a lot of emotional problems that much worse for a lot of individuals. So when you're going after a key demographic that still has a part of their brain developing and you're saying, let's put booze in there. Come on, let, let, let's call it, let, let's call it out for what it is here. T- to me, a lot of this is just absolutely disingenuous. I don't care. I, I think there was just someone at Bud Light saying we ju- we just need to make money. Let's just let's just make yeah. as much money as we can. No, we don't no, care no, how no. we're going to do it. This is, this, and then I, and then and then they bring in the woke religion as a part to be subservient. To see, that. see, I was talking to Vivek Ramaswamy last week, and this is the, where the conversation was going. And I, I I said I disagree 
what I think we're seeing at these companies, they hire a 24-year-old woman 10 years ago. She's a, she's a marketing intern. Two years later, she's full-time staff now. She's yeah. a, you know, a, a marketing producer or some, something like that. It's now been a decade. She fun, her, her, her boss, who's VP. 56, yeah. goes, well, what's, what's her name? Do you know her name, Luke? Alyssa. Alyssa. Alyssa so so here's, here's what I'm imagining. He goes, Alyssa, it's about time I retired. I'm about 60 some odd years old. Let's say you say, I said, let's say he's in his 60s. And he's like, I think this is a job you can handle. And she's like, thank you so much. And then as soon as she walks outside, she goes, let's sponsor Dylan Mulvaney. And that's what happened. It, there was there, like, there are these people on the left that are saying they did all this market research. They know exactly what they're doing. I'm like, no, no, they don't. Yeah. The people who are woke, who are ideologically driven are not thinking logically about numbers. Yeah. They're thinking we are now wearing the institution like a skin suit. Let's advance our cause. I'm automatically yeah. thinking of that Vice News skit where they were taking um, adult um, toy and toys and throwing them at the wall randomly. That could be it, too. You never know. This woman Sorry, clearly is woke, though. We saw yeah. this video where she's like... She has like, pronouns in her bio. She's peppering her language. And I think that the key thing is what you said, Tim. It's that these people have intentionally trained themselves not to think. All of their information comes through a funnel to promote wokeness. But I guess what I was thinking about is, have you heard the the expression, there's no such thing as bad press? Yeah. yeah. This seems to belie that. There is bad press, and bad press can harm the But I think the phrase, there's no such thing as bad press, typically applies to an individual, right? I, I think someone like Ben Shapiro has actually greatly benefited from bad press. But to be fair, there's a double-edged sword that comes along with it, in that the bad press for an individual and for a commentator, they become more prominent. For someone like Ben Shapiro, or, or for anyone, any of us here, is that the more they talk about you, the more you become the subject and the figure to be talked about. Mm. If you are Anheuser-Busch, you are on top of the mountain. There's nowhere else to go. The only, the only press they're going to get is going to be negative for their stock. So bad press, bad for your stock. Individuals, we don't have stock, so the more attention we get, the more we can capitalize on it. For Bud Light, we'll put it, I'll put it this way. They've got an opportunity when they bring politics into beer, which seems to make no sense in my opinion for the most part. But when they, this opportunity is, can we capture a large portion of one demographic? Well, my attitude is, how about you don't do any of it, and you try and just capture as much of the entirety of people who drink beer by mm. being a neutral beer company. As soon as they enter the political fray, they segment off a large portion of their audience. If you are a political commentator or a celebrity, you're not going to get a market cap that is the entire population of the planet. Now, imagine a company like Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola's market cap literally is every human on Earth, except for maybe like North Sentinel Island, where they've never made contact yeah, yeah. with people or something like that. So... They have no incentive whatsoever to be divisive. And bad press is bad if your market cap is everyone. Coke, Bud Light, whoever else, they want everyone on the planet drinking their product. Well, go to war with one half of them and you'll only lose customers. If you're a commentator yeah. and you're a celebrity, so who cares if 80% of the world hates you? 20% likes you and you'll make money off them. So bad, bad all around for Bud Light. You Good said for us, I guess. something, Peter, I think you were alluding that the sheet, they didn't seem to know what they were doing. Is that what you said earlier? Yeah, I, what I think is happening is that these folks, and, and Alyssa has pronouns in her bio, and she peppers all of her language. And I would encourage people to watch those videos where she's explaining why she did this. They're not capable of independent, rational thought. They're, they're, they view themselves as white knights who promote the ideology. This is a way to promote her moral values. And, and within that, then she convinces herself that, well, we'll increase market share, we'll increase sales, but it's just not true. 
I think it's the word inclusivity. Do we have that video of Alyssa t explaining Oh, that video it? is wonderful. It's so great. Yeah. I don't know well why she made watching. it. It's incredible that she yeah. incriminated herself like that, but I guess everyone knew who she was on the team anyway. And the way she says, we need to, we're looking to do, in I think it's the word inclusivity. Inclusivity. Yeah. Something, something, something. And, it, and, and inclusive. Yeah. Something, something. And you're like, why did she use the word inclusivity twice? She doesn't know what it means. That's why. Well, that video that you mentioned was from March 30th. And ever since, I haven't seen much kind of, um, any kind of words from Bud Light afterwards after this. Oh, that's from okay that's, yeah so that's from an earlier video where she was explaining what she was yeah, doing and i want to i want to underscore something tim said that if you really want to show that you can change and make a difference it has to be sustainable like you have to literally continue to not buy the product until they apologize and if you don't do that then you're actually working against your interest because companies are going to keep doing this i'll the, be honest the, the, i don't the, think an apology is enough for well, they, me, no, they'll no. just issue some crap that they don't believe and then try and the apology is everything. Yeah. The apology is everything. Because I feel it, like making it go bankrupt because it's is a everything. signal. It's a it's a costly signal. It's a it, it means they will if they issue an apology. That means Anheuser Busch said the the risk to our business from the far left cult is less yeah. than the risk to our business from so, pissing. I off see. So these you're not people. trying. That's a good point. You're not trying to destroy the company. You're trying to change the direction the company takes. And yes. And, and we're not going to be held hostage to to woke maniacs. We're just not going to be held hostage to these people. Let me pull up this video here. We had this video from uh, Chuck Colesto. It's a video of a guy. Uh, let's see if is the audio going to play. So I don't. I don't. I don't know. Is the audio coming through? Nope. Give it to me, Chuck. Nope. Audio's not coming through at all. But uh, I'll just explain for you, simply put. No, it's just not coming through for you. I'm not seeing it on the... I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it either. And it's not coming up on the thing. <clears throat> yeah, so the audio, audio, audio is not playing, but that's fine, that's fine. This is a video of a guy who's a distributor. He works for an affiliate company, he says. I want to make sure I clarify that. He's got Bud Light on his arm at, at a liquor store. Now, this could be fake. You know, I just want to make sure that's clear, like, hard to verify, just a random video on the internet. But this is just one of several videos I've seen of people in similar situations pointing out that this, the shelves are loaded with Anheuser-Busch products. And this guy says that he works for an affiliate company that only sells Bud and Bud Light products. And he's never seen sales this low, which worries him because if we don't sell these products, I don't feed my family. Like, this is my company like, yeah. that I work for. We got to do this. Yeah. And he goes, so uh, thanks, Anheuser-Busch. Maybe I won't, I won't feed my family. I definitely think it's a little hyperbolic, but we've seen a bunch of these videos where people are reporting on the ground that sales are dropping. We've seen the stock dropping, and I think it lines up. And I think this, the left operates on lies and manipulation. I shouldn't say, I don't want to say all the left. I want to say the woke cult yeah. operates on lies and manipulation. And so they will twist anything as a victory, and they will twist anything you say into something negative. So here's what I have to say. I'll be fully honest. Maybe these videos are being faked by people who want to make it seem like we're winning, but I'll just take it. I look at their stock prices. Their stock prices are way down. Yeah, so that's an independent metric, right. whereas the videos are not. But, I'll, but you know what? If the stocks are dropping and there's rumors of sale decline, and then I see these videos, I'm more inclined to believe that the, these and other videos I've seen are probably true. Yeah. There's, there's one video where it's just a guy standing in a supermarket and he just pans left and right, and then you see all the beers gone, and then he pans over and all the Budweiser products still well, there. Look, we're in Austin. Why don't, at some point, I'll go to a supermarket center. Why don't we just go to a supermarket and do it ourselves? Yeah, because I, I, I wonder if how pronounced it is in a place like Austin. Yeah. Right? So so oh. here, here's the other thing we're hearing. The guitar player from The Offspring, oh. he, he countered Kid Rock and he was like, we're going to stock all of our shows with Anheuser-Busch products to counter the bigots. 
it's like, okay, I mean, this is, it is a bit silly, I suppose, but hey, it's a culture war for a reason. I, I mean, right? using a guy that claims to be transgender to sell your beer is a bit bigoted. They're like using Dylan Mulvaney. It's not like... It's even worse to, to use a guy to market tampons and sports bras. Yeah, and the sports like, bra thing was kind It's of, like using his identity. It's so just underhanded dirtiness to sell product. Here's what I think. I'll tell you what I think. TikTok, my personal opinion is it's not real. My opinion has never been that... Uh, my, has, my opinion has always been that it's not real. And uh, my opinion, TikTok, by dance, whatever. So I said this a few years ago. I explained how a new social media platform can emerge. And I've actually talked to tech companies about this. Here's what you do. Create an app, then market that app on Instagram, Facebook, or wherever to uh, teenagers. Say, the new cool app to do this thing. Hire a bunch of young people to do a fun thing like, uh, you know, singing songs. Then when they download it and they make a post, give them 150 likes. Give them 50 new followers. Hmm. They're going to respond to that positive reinforcement and they're going to be like, whoa, I got a bunch of new followers. You give them fake followers and eventually all of these kids are going to be like, you still use Instagram? That's so lame. Why aren't you using, you know, Globo? And they're going to be like, what? What's that? <laughs> You're not on Globo, dude. I got 5,000 followers. And, th and then the friend is going to go, you have 5,000 followers? Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big deal. They're going to feel real good, even though there's no real humans behind that number. But that will convince their friends to, yeah. to get on the platform as well. You, you know you, what's you, terrifying to me about that, by the way? Hmm. What's terrifying to me is I have thought over the last few years that so many things were conspiracy theories that turned out to be not conspiracy theories. <laughs> and now, like, like, like all, all of them. Perfect. And, and <laughs> now, now I'm listening. Well, that's what, what happens when you're looking at it from the other end of history. And now I'm, I'm hearing this and I'm thinking, you know, that's completely feasible. Yeah. Especially with uh, quantum computing on the horizon and artificial intelligence, you could have a hundred thousand followers that aren't real people yeah. that are commenting actual things in response to what you're doing. Yeah, the governments have been doing this for a very long long time i think the israeli government was the first one to come come out about it publicly where they described whole entire factories of, of people that were online digital troll armies that were specifically making sure that they were engaging in debate and conversations that made the israeli government look good uh joe biden just announced uh, a whole campaign for online influencers that are going to be his influence army for the next 2024 presidential election Yo. so obviously they're paying for pr using our tax dollars to have people shill for them who are just saying and, and doing anything for a buck dylan mulvaney was one of them yes wait and then, and then wait, wait wait hold on this episode is brought to you by abc station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet andy finally becomes captain and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen will she succeed Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Joe, Bi I saw this story. This is the 50 Cent Army for the Democrats. Yes. And Dylan Mulvaney is, is going to be. I don't know if he's a part of the he 50 was. Cent Army. He was. He went to the White House. But, I don't, yeah. but as we but know, like, know like Hillary the, Clinton hired influencers, high level influencers, even someone I, I don't think we Casey should even, Neistat? yes, to specifically well, hold make on, hold endorsement. On, hold, on, hold on, was he hired by them? There's different ways that, of course, they conduct their businesses through PACs and different organizations. So we have to be careful with exactly how we're wording here. But I think it's fair to say that money exchanged hands for the support of this particular candidate. That money well, coming from, of course, either super PACs or mm. our well, connections that, that, organizations. That, that, that's, a, that, that's a bold accusation. But when you have an well, influencer... No, 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 no. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. 
In terms of Casey yeah. Neistat, this one matters. He was he's the, what, the biggest vlogger. He's not really doing as much content as he used to. He came out and endorsed Hillary Clinton. It is my personal opinion that likely constituted a, a monetary exchange from someone or somehow, because I don't see how you get a dude who like films drones and, and longboarding and, and talking about filmmaking all of a sudden coming out and endorsing a politician in an election. But it's entirely possible he's just going along with the crowd. And that's that's why it ended up happening. It might way. be connected or not connected. But how much was the CNN deal? That's also another one that also has a lot of people looking at the situation like, how much money did he make? What did he do? That, that app whole didn't thing do, failed. Wow. The whole thing didn't do anything. So there's multiple ways of, of having people show. But for the Biden administration to openly kind of discuss how they're going to be taken and, and, and giving money to people to, to show for them. I mean, th that's going to make everyone question like, wait, are you really in support of this person or are you just being paid to, know, to support this person? Look, I, I. When I go out into normal places you know, if you're in D.C., you're going to be around a bunch of people who are hyperpolitical. But when I go out to the movies, when I go to pool, pool halls, when I go to the poker club or whatever, I have not met a single person who is pro-Biden, like pro-Democrat. I don't see them anywhere. And, you know, of course, if I say something like that, I'm going to get a bunch of leftists being like, haha, go touch grass. But like, dude, I've not seen it anywhere. I, you know, I go I go to uh, uh, we've been going to Maryland Live a Casino playing uh, Hold'em, one, two. Super, super inexpensive for those that, that are considering playing. It's like you pay two bucks to play a hand, so, it's, so it can be played cheaply. And uh, out of all the tables I've played at, and this is north of D.C., south of Baltimore, I have not met a single pro-Democrat person in this major urban center where it's just regular people hanging out from various ages, young guys to older guys. Well, how do you know? Does it come up at the table? Absolutely. Every time, every time without fail, someone mentions the cost of the game or the economy and then immediately, oh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, he's bad. Now, don't get me wrong. I met a guy who said he thought the J6ers should be executed and he hated Donald Trump. That I get, but I've not met anybody who was like, I like this guy. <laughs> now, that could be these people voted for him and now they really, really do regret it. It's a, is it a blue area? It's the bluest as blue can be. I mean, it's, it's, it's we're, we're talking about Baltimore and Maryland. And, and uh, this casino is, I, I think it's, I don't know what city it's in. It's, it's 30 minutes from downtown Baltimore. It's like half an hour from D.C. or Baltimore, right in between. So everybody who's going there, it's people from the cities who are trying to, you know, play a game or whatever. So I, 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 I kind of feel like at this point, the, the reasoning for why Biden's building a 50 cent army is fairly obvious. I do not see them being able to pull off another victory. I'm seeing all these polls where they're like, Biden is beating Trump. In these states, Biden is beating Trump. And I'm like, don't care, don't believe it. I mean, look, ballot harvesting may come to save the day, but it's clear that they're gonna be ramping up what I would describe as unethical and malicious tactics in the election. And the idea of, of a Democrat, so, so for those who don't know, the 50 Cent Army, what is it, uh, in China? Anybody who pro posts on social media pro-CCP propaganda, they get paid 50 cents every time they do or something like that. So this is basically what we're going to start seeing with Democrats. And that's probably what's already happening. So when we're talking about Anheuser-Busch, we're talking about Dylan Mulvaney and the algorithmic manipulation. That is what the Democrats are riding that wave. Yeah, the, the thing you didn't say, which I think needs to be said, which speaks to your point, is what this does to the integrity of the system overall. This is what causes a legitimacy crisis, right? So we don't trust our institutions. We now think the people we like on social media, they're being paid certain. I've never taken a single penny for anything, my Twitter feed, anything. I, I think that that compromises the integrity. But when you do that in a political level, it's terrifying to me. 
Yeah. It's terrifying. Absolutely. And especially when you connect it to something like the social credit score, which they do yeah. in China. Because yeah, if yeah. you complain about the government in China, yeah. you, of course, get downranked with your social credit score. You can't get high-speed internet. You can't travel on airplanes. You ha- you can't buy first-class tickets on, on, on trains. It's coming. And, and that's being tested in China, which they're trying to roll Did out you, and bring out here in the United States, as there's already a corporate social credit score that no one really likes to talk about. Yeah, and it's not a government institution, but the corporate social credit score on everyone here already exists. There is an ESG score with the corporations, but there's even another one with each c- citizen and civilian with all of your private records, especially from social media, being uh, uh, compiled together and then soon going to be used against you later. What's that called? Is that a program they're doing? No, there's many different corporations keeping private records and they sell all these private records about you and your itinerary and what you do and what you like, what you dislike, your views, your opinions. All of that is, is databased. So there's huge databases being built about particular individuals. Those, again, are, are being used by the corporations. They're being used by the government in China. And then that's where they're testing the 15 minute cities. So if you say something bad, well, your, your 15 minute city, city might be a five minute city. And they're already locking down grids. They're already testing it. They're doing a trial run of that in the United Kingdom. There's a lot of crazy Wait, stuff happening. Hold on, Lulu. Explain the difference. What, what does 15 minute, what does five minute mean? Well, th- th- this is the restrictions that they're setting up pretty much essentially pr- prisons, pretty much essentially lockdowns. They did this in China and they tested it during COVID. They locked down entire communities because they said they had a positive case. But what a lot of people are saying that this was most likely a larger test to see how these 15 minute cities would work because they would lock down entire neighborhoods and mm-hmm. say, you're going to be you can't move between this street and this street. You can't go between here and here. They tested it out in Australia where people were fined and arrested from going from one city block to another city block because they were going through an imaginary line in jurisdiction. So a lot of people say that there was a dry testing of this larger concept, which is essentially prison grids, uh, internal systems where you can't move around anywhere but 15 minutes within it and you get everything you ever wanted. Right. The idea is that within 15 minutes of your home, you can get access to anything you would need. Correct. Yeah, hospitals, supermarkets, entertainment, movies, whatever it is, it's all confined here. And you better not go around. This is, again, to de-incentivize people from driving, de-incentivize people from having personal liberty, track, trace, and database of society, of total yeah. control grid uh, of, world, of information, knowing yeah. every little thing about you, and then that information being used against you in every way. And if you're not a part of the 50 Cent Army, well, your your, your ability to move around is going to be limited a lot more because the checkpoints are already there. They're digital, and they have cameras and and facial recognition and all right they're, they're sending it up it's, you know, it's pretty so, much so let me, let me, let me, i just want to i want to say something you know there, there's a viral video we talked about it's really funny it's where a guy says he wants to show you a perfect example of a 15 minute scene how it works and then he walks up this little shed and he says let me show you a 50 cent city when he opens it up chickens and he goes welcome to a 15 minute city he walks inside and says here the citizens have everything they could hope for well, they could go outside if they want look the door's open they don't want to leave it's safe in here. There's no danger. They have food. They have water. It's always there for them. And then he walks into another room and he goes, see this? And he starts grabbing eggs. And he goes, they make these and I take them from them. But that's okay. They're happy because they're safe in their 15 minute city. So he made a really great point. And I want to make a point on top of that. Could you imagine if you went to your chicken coop one day to collect chickens and a bunch of roosters pulled out guns and pointed them at you and said, you're not taking the eggs this time, you'd be like, what? How did these chickens have guns? And then you go and be like, we got to take these guns away. It was, well, we can't. <laughs> like, the chickens have guns. And you're like, I don't know how they're even using them. And then you got to figure out, how do you disarm the chickens? If, if they're armed and they can fight back, you can't take from them, you can't imprison, you can't control them, 
They can, they're on an equal footing with you. Obviously, chickens don't have guns. My point is, if someone is trying to control you and you have the means of telling them no, they cannot implement their authoritarian fascist takeovers. And that's what we've seen throughout history when despots and fascists try to take over. Yeah. Guns make it very difficult. That was one of the impetus of the, an impetus of the Second Amendment. You know, and, and that's why they're doing this in China. They did this in China. They're doing this in the United Kingdom. They did this in Australia during COVID. Right now in Oxford, specifically in the United Kingdom, they're doing the trial run for the 15-minute cities, blocking people from traveling one road to another, all in the name of sustainability. It's not sustainability. Just, it's enslavement. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, if you look at the world economic formats that are the data, it's not framed as a conspiracy it's not framed to manipulate to control it's framed to, to be sustainable that's the approach that they use it's sustainable to have farm animals to treat human beings like they have no dignity no individual human spirit and they can't live on their own and they need to be dictated what they can and cannot do or believe in or think and, and that's essentially this larger notion this larger elitism of individuals thinking that they have the right and they are they're doing this in so many instances that are so bastardized that are so disgusting they think that they have the right to to control what goes into your head, to control what you see, what you hear. And they're doing this with big tech social media already in so many different ways, trying to engineer people to be perfect lemmings, to be perfect slaves, to acquiesce, to bow down and to take it. And I, I think people who are paying attention had enough of this bullcrap. All right, you guys ready for this one? Yep. Let's jump to this next story from the Post Millennial. FBI flags slang terms, Chad, based, red pilled, it's over to target racially motivated violent extremists. The FBI's Domestic Terrorism Reference Guide on involuntary celibate violent extremists offer a threat overview for incels that aims to identify them by the slang they use. So uh, you thought Biden's 50 Cent Army was bad. You're going to have a whole bunch of crackpot woke cultists getting paid to promote Democrats now, the feds are going to be targeting you if you say things like based. And that's one of the reasons your former guest, Vivek, wants to eliminate the FBI. One of the many reasons he <laughs> wants to eliminate the FBI. Yeah, I love that. I'm like, wow, this guy's, he's just it's pretty hardcore. You know, Ron Paul was saying that many decades ago. He was yeah. saying that 30 years yeah. ago. And I think there was individuals even before that at the very beginning of the FBI, they have a horrible record, especially with J. Edgar Hoover, especially with what they did to JFK, what they did to MLK, what they did to Malcolm X, the, 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 what they did with MK Ultra. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. If you look at this agency, there needs to be some oversight. There needs to be some accountability. There was just a, a new disclosure happening with the Proud Boys trial with January 6th. And it, we, people just found out that out of the 13 Proud Boys, eight of them were paid FBI informants. <laughs> Five of them are being prosecuted. So, so that, that's more federal agents that took part of January 6th, a part of the Proud Boys, than the actual Proud Boys, which is crazy. Those are insane numbers. And then they're hiding and, and, and making sure that they're spying on the defense. I mean, what's happening with the January 6th case is just a notion of what's going to be happening to everyone unless we, we address this and stop it. So this is a very postmodern notion. The idea that that power is everywhere and you can use words. And they've done so incredibly. They've, they've been incredibly effective at this. You can use words to change the culture. You yep. can use words and... I mean, think about that red pill. I mean, these are not the N word. They're, they're not even remotely close to it. These are words that indicate a, a condition. Oh, you know, for, from the matrix. But it's not that it's it's a it's a reference to being part of a subculture. And if the FBI thinks based or Chad 
It, it may yeah, be the left, racially the left, motivated extremists. The left uses base too, though. Exactly. There are seven words uh, altogether. It was based, red pill, blue pilled, normie, Chad, LARPing, and incel. If that if that's the normie, criteria LARPing, that you're using, wow. you're going to be going LARP, after everyone. LARPing is yeah. a leftist prim- yeah. primarily. Wow, LARPing is a role-playing LARPing, gamer. Wow, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but, but leftists, Live action role play. Right, right, but leftists use LARPing substantially more than people on the right do. To claim that the right is live action role playing their fantasies. This is a big problem that, uh, with the FBI is having now is they're downstream from social media, from the technology, and all this data can be spoofed. Like if Facebook wants to tell the FBI that you said something you didn't say, they can, and they can make it look like you yeah. did in the software. Even the idea that we live in the United States and then this is an issue at all is insane. That is another reason why there's a legitimacy crisis. Nobody trusts the institutions anymore. It's because it's a global community now. Like we live in the U.S., but this this global governance, it's here now. We can say like it's coming, but it's here now. Like it's the it is one unit government that's okay. trying to. But the corruption alter is the shape so in your face, though. When you have a moment in time in history where you say, "Chad, you're going to be investigated by the FBI," right? If you say it online, you say incel, you say red pill. You go to Epstein Island. You're on the client list of Mr. Epstein. FBI's like, yeah, you're clear. You're good. Don't worry about that. How in the world are we allowing the Federal Bureau of Investigations? That, by the way, the DOJ, FBI had an investigation on Epstein. They never released the findings of that investigation. They have the client list. They have the videos. They have the pictures of very powerful people doing some very horrible things. Well, why look, wasn't I, anyone punished? I mean, if... You know, if you were on some dude's island and then you were asked to investigate yourself, you wouldn't release the list either. <laughs> that's true. Good point. Very good point there. So, yeah. So, yeah. That makes I imagine that's sense. likely the circumstance. Uh, I think, uh, like, why are we letting people do this? Because people haven't stepped up to build systems that are resilient to this kind of behavior. So it's going to happen. We need systems that are encrypted where we control locally our own, yeah. our own system. We need to be able to govern ourselves locally um, as best as possible. When you start building systems like that that are not untrackable but challenging to track, I think you're in a better play where the code's re- readable. But the issue is the the FBI, the DOJ, have, have gone after anybody who makes encrypted communications. I feel like they're afraid that there's going to be some sort of revolt or like Jeez, revolution in the States. I hadn't heard that. I encrypt everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, aside from the fact that they've probably cracked a whole lot of the encryption. Telegram, the Russian government has attacked. A crack telegram. They're investing people who who. Well, let me let me complain about the Russian war. I'll just ask you something very simple. Who do you think has more cyber resources, a private company or a nation state? If we're talking, it, it obviously, obviously depends on the nation state, right? Yeah. You know, I think Chiquita Bananas had a good holdover. Yeah. What was it? Uh, what countries was it? Nicaragua. Nic- I don't know. I don't think it was Costa Rica. There are two countries. Costa Rica. Um, but anyway, I digress. We're talking about Russia. And their military capabilities in terms of cyber warfare, pretty sure they're going to have more resources than Telegram. Mm. And they're going to have a capability to either crack Telegram encryption or simply put, go to the people who run it and then say, here's what you're going to do or else. You know, maybe the CEO of some company goes out for his uh, pick up his newspaper in front of his apartment. When a black van pulls up, guys throw a bag over his head, throw him in, they drive off. Nobody knows it happened. And then he wakes up in a dark room and they're like, you're going to give us a backdoor to all of your encryption or else. And they go, whatever you say. And that's exactly what happened to LavaBit and the founder of LavaBit. Mm. I, I interviewed the guy. It was Edward Snowden's email service that he was using 
the feds came to him and said, give us everything on Edward Snowden. Or else. And then he, uh, I believe he printed out 100 pages of the password uh, in very small font and then gave it to the FBI, legally complying <laughs> with them. And then they had to manually put in uh, the long password to the encryption. And then when they were doing that, I think he deleted the server. He shut so the whole company down. Shut the whole company yeah. down. Yeah. And, then, and then this is why, you know, this is like in China. This is almost exactly what, what's happening in China. Uh, but here we just have a different face on it. And, and, and the, the more we don't understand this reality, the more we kind of hinder ourselves. Because when we look at Facebook, when we look at YouTube, when we look at, you know, as we found out from Twitter, we're not looking at private entities and private corporations. We're looking at government's hand inside of the business directing not only who gets to say whatever, whatever they want to say, but who gets to see it, why they get to see it, who gets promoted, who gets demoted. That right there is the power to control people's minds. And that's the power that they're wielding every single day. Well, this, and people need to realize it more th than ever. This story that came out a few weeks ago or like a week and a half ago that Elon Musk said they were qualifiers coded into the Twitter system that would identify you as a Democrat or Republican or a VIP or Elon Musk, which was funny and weird that he had his own special category of like, this is Elon, he's tweeting. Mm -hmm. But uh, they would label you a Democrat or Republican. Like they had that in their system and people were, were calling that out. How much do you want to bet that if you had the Democrat tag, yeah, you know, that was okay that you said that thing about those kids. When that guy posts the, the picture of the wood chipper with blood coming out during the Covington kid incident, mm -hmm. I wonder if he had one of those tags on it and they're like, eh, he's okay. So the thing that's been running through my mind through this conversation is let's say that somebody who doesn't listen to you tunes in, Tim. It's so hard to break through to people when you show stories like this or when you talk about scores or when you talk about, because they'll just think you're a conspiracy theory, lab leak conspiracy. So, so yep. how do we, the thing that I've been thinking about for quite a while is how do we reach these people? Like, what is it that we can say or how do we, convey this in a way that makes them think i'll put myself in script we are not conspiracy theorists when we talk about this oh this is funny i mean look we we i use newsguard certification for all the sources we use i know newsguard's not good i know they're biased they attacked us and then put a bunch of lies about timcast.com we still end up getting a near end up getting a near perfect score they they mm. gave us a strike out of you know out of like 10 we got one because we quoted donald trump that's it that's all we did. Yeah. We ran a story. Donald Trump said this. And they went, oh, nope, nope. That's fake news. And I'm like, all we're doing is quoting a guy. But I digress. The point is, when I try and talk to people who are, as I describe, uninitiated, I'm not going to come out right away and start talking about Burisma and Ukraine and all this really crazy stuff. I'll take it really, really light and be like, yeah, that the Trump impeachment wasn't that that was um, what was it? There's that video of Joe Biden saying that he was threatening to withhold congressionally approved aid, which was illegal or something like that. Real light approach. And then if they say, what? I've not, I don't know anything about that. I'll be like, oh, here, I'll show you. And then you just pull up a NPR or some other news source and be like, I don't know, read it. You tell me what you think. I, I usually take that approach. I'll, I'll say, here's the story. What do you think? Yeah. yeah. I have the opposite approach. I, I just oh, go okay. right over the head, satanic child traffickers, <laughs> right, a private <laughs> island, entities, demons. Let's just go there. I think different people have different ways of, of, you know, of approaching this information. But I think, first of all, the conversation needs to be started. We're doing no, our I best agree. here. I totally agree. But the conversation yeah. starts with, with the people who are listening, the people who are taking notes, the people who are studying, because you guys need to be informed more than ever. And it, it's, 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 the game's rigged on social media. The game's rigged here. The game's rigged everywhere 
are online, but it's not in real life. This is why, again, I'm not just trying to be a shill here, but I've been a big proponent of t-shirts. I've been a big proponent of people talking to their family members, their friends. And I think that is more imperative than ever of, of individuals doing their homework, doing their research, and whether it's having a lighthearted kind of uh, approach uh, of empathy, whether it's hitting them over the head with, with just the bigger truths going down the rabbit hole, who knows what will work. But I think being uh, brave and, and being able to have those conversations is the first step that we need yeah, to have. But, but, but the other thing too is... Outside of all of that, there's a real simple way to win. It's called voting with your dollars. Yeah. So shout out to our friends at Public Square. Download the Public Square app. They've sponsored the show before, but this is a freebie because I really do believe in what they're doing. It's an app that shows you businesses that have taken a pledge to support American values. So you can make sure you're giving your money to companies that, that believe in the good. And then uh, don't buy anything from Anheuser-Busch. Mm. There you and go. don't donate to your alma mater, please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Will Chamberlain liked to say, I don't know if he still does, I'm assuming he does, seize the endowments. Yep. And that's one of the things that we're doing at my nonprofit, National Progress Alliance. Do not, do it should be the easiest ask in the world. Don't donate. By the way, just, I personally don't like the hardcore approach. So I'll ask people, I'll say something like, which is true. I, I don't know if you guys were, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I personally was duped by the Hunter Biden laptop story. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. I thought it was a plant. I get, I'm betting you guys didn't. I, jury's out I'm, for I'm, me. I, think, I wait for facts and, and proof, and I want proof three times before I start to accept something. Luke, Luke probably went completely in the other direction. Yeah. yeah. And then I was probably in the middle, like, let's figure out where this came from. Yeah, you know? so the way that I try to reach people is I'll say, you know, I, like, I'll put it on myself. I fell for that. What were you thinking about that? Oh, or I, and then I'll say, well, which is also true, I didn't really know whether or not it was a lab leak hypothesis, but the, the lab leak hypothesis too, but all these people said people who were in authority, people who were supposed to be trusted. I believe them, and I was wrong. In other words, like I was wrong, maybe they were wrong. I was wrong. But what about this? Like, yeah. what about this? So, if you can undermine their confidence in things in the past, they can make their own conclusions about whether yeah. or not. I think the best thing you do is be genuine, and if you believe something, say you actually believe in those things. And I think living your life as an example, being like, "Hey, I don't do this. I don't support this. I don't want my right. money going towards this. I don't want to spend my time investing in these really bad people that are connected to these really awful people with these chemicals and this thing and that thing." And and and, and again, it's all personable. So if you're seeing someone who's very kind of sensitive, who's very kind of introvert, you obviously don't do my method. You obviously use Tim's method. But if you see someone who is, is, is you know, open-minded, someone eager, obviously you just beat them over the head straight down the rabbit hole. I like to let steel me, man the opposition. I kind of take that role on this show. A lot of times people in the audience think I'm like an idiot, but like I will act as if we are wrong and I will give you. Yeah, it's, it's so important to do that. And it's also so unfortunate that you have to. It's so unfortunate that woke people will not have conversations with you. They will not engage in discussion. The smart ones understand why they can't. Well, a hundred percent because they, they have not, it's such a bankrupt, bankrupt ideology and the people forwarding it have profoundly There's, mediocre minds. Well, it's, it's not that it's that there is no ideology. So well, what do you mean? So, I mean, this is my, my consistent position on what wokeness is. Wokeness is the modern left liberal culture formulated by social media algorithms. 
it is characterized by cult-like adherence to liberal social orthodoxy. That's all it is. And the example of this is Ukraine. Why woke people support a war in Ukraine makes literally no sense. It doesn't follow any academic theories. Okay, so let's, we, I think we have to unpack it. Mm-hmm. Ha- have, you, have you read Tim Urban, you know, Tim Urban, The Wait But Why? What's our problem? No, but you, you were mentioning it before. This is like one of the best books I've ever read. But in chapter five about social justice, he has a chart. I think we, we, we sent you that chart. Um, if you could pull it up, great. But he talks about, I, I do think it's a coherent ideology. Yeah, Tim, there it is from Tim Urban's uh, Wait But Why uh, blogger, um, What's Our Problem? It's fascinating how it originates in Marxism, goes down the tree to critical theory, This is the best book since the 2020 Cynical Theories by Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay on this topic, in my opinion. Uh, And you have he talks about social justice fundamentalism at one end and liberal social justice. I think you and I, I think everybody in this room, frankly, falls on the side of liberal social justice, not equality of outcome, equality of opportunity, not using race to divide, but being what, what is now microaggression, colorblind to people. We make those judgments. I do think that there's a fundamental core tenant, or there are fundamental core tenets of the ideology. And so, R- racism is everywhere. It's baked into the system. There's whiteness, but you, you you'll privilege f- seeks to preserve itself. I mean, et cetera, et cetera. And that is a component of what wokeness is. But it's also just when I when I try to envision wokeness as an object, it is like a, a Jackson Pollock painting. Yeah, it is. Oh. But that's because wokeness isn't an ideology. It is. It is not this thing. These things. Uh, they frustrate me when I see, and, and I think this is this this chart is probably correct. Uh, you know, going from postmodernism down and, and critical yeah. race theory and intersectionality, but it applies an academic worldview into the modern problem, which has already been shown by multi, uh, numerous data points, including there was the uh, Zach Roberts Lexus Nexus Twitter thread from a few years ago that all around the same time, everywhere in the world, the same thing happened, where there was a massive spike in the same concepts, ideas, words. And what likely happened is, and, and I'll put it this way, the reason why I don't believe we're dealing with an ideal, ideology of the left, we're dealing with algorithmic corruption, is that Jack Dorsey was not woke until he started eating the own refuse of his own social media platform. Okay, so can we spend some time on this? Because I think yeah, this yeah, is yeah. really important. Okay, so there, this is the frame that I suggest thinking about this. At the top, you have theory. Below that, you have institutions, and downstream from that, you have individuals' beliefs. So 2017, we had this almost this exact conversation, this yeah. he, a very heated debate. I would call it lively. <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> no, I thought it was great, too. I thought it was fantastic with, with James and Helen in the room. So, so at the level of theory, you have what we tried to do with Sokol Squared at the Grievance Studies hoax. We tried to undermine the theory. We tried to show that it's bogus. We tried to attack it. What Reed and I are going around the world doing street epistemology is to show so that it goes from the theory to the institutions, the institutions to the people, the institutions, the academies, K through 12, and we can talk about that, more than happy to talk about that, our academic institutions, you get promoted and tenure based upon the papers you you write usually seven papers in seven years, unless you, you write something that's morally fashionable, it's very difficult to get published. And we're going to do the University of San Francisco story, I hope, because I think that this encapsulates it perfectly. Educational administrators themselves participate in the ideology. So there's a structure. And so so when you say algorithms, I want to say two things that are important about this. The, the woke people occupy 
the very so they get their degree five six seven years later they go out they become administrators they become managers etc et they bring the madness that they took with them that they think it's true based upon what they perceive to be legitimate bodies of literature microaggressions trigger warnings safe spaces belonging equity all this nonsense they take that with them and they institutionalize that we can cover it if you want but it's a, a reverse trojan horse martin bailey we can cover that. So now to get to your point about the algorithms, yes, you are correct, but the algorithms themselves wouldn't even make sense unless you understood that model. Like this doesn't come no, no. ex nihilo, like manna from heaven, I'm right? So, so this so, comes at a very specific place. I'm the starting first, to think that the, institutions the, include social media networks now. Well, hold, hold on. The first, uh, one of the first big political trends was probably loose change 9-11, which yeah. was certainly not within the confines of this academia and the Ron Paul revolution, which was absolutely not in the confines of this academia. What, what happens is you see, what I believe it is, is that humans have tendencies, uh, rage makes someone more likely to share something than any other emotion, anger. And I always shout out CGP's Gray, uh, CGP Gray's video, this video will make you angry. And he explains this and he was like, it's really great. He's like, this group is talking about the other group. The other group is talking about this group. They're not actually talking to each other. They're talking about each other. And he's like, trust me, I am not talking about your group. So what I see here is, yes, the ideologies of the left do exist and they do have a, d a degree of prominence among the modern left today. But there's also, I don't know, how many, how many ideologies exist? Hundred thousand, oh, countless millions, countless. So why is it that this is the one? I think the oh, issue is that's a genealogical question that I that I could but, answer. But I, I don't think uh, uh, the I, chart. I, the chart actually answers that. But right. But this chart then omits every other ideology and the path that's taken and its and its degree of prominence. Right. In but every culture. other ideology isn't the dominant moral orthodoxy now. This and, wokeism and, is the dominant moral orthodoxy. We see it everywhere. And it's because of social media algorithms, not because yeah. of universities. Okay, okay. so that's the, that's, that's the question. Why are the social media algorithms catering to the moral orthodoxy? They, they're, so very simply put, advertisers fund moral orthodoxy. Before wokeness took over, okay. how, how did this begin? First, we had in, what was it? What year was it, Luke? 2008, 2009, the Ron Paul Revolution? Right, right around there, yep. You're starting to see the emergence of, moral, of, of, of moralizing through social media with people listening to Ron Paul's message and it resonating to the point where they were going around slapping stickers everywhere, anti-intervention, sound currency, a lot of really, really awesome things that I completely agree with today. But eventually, these social media platforms started to adopt algorithms that would show you more of what you engaged with. Two things happen. People, people are more likely to share something that makes them angry, and advertisers are less likely to, to advertise on something that's morally objectionable. In modern culture at the time, 2008, we find racism to be objectionable. So a big advertiser says, I don't want my product on racist content. Yeah, we, 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 okay, so you just smuggled something in there. We mm -hmm. find it to be objectionable because it, this is morally fashionable like this is what's morally fashionable today but this was pre-wokeness so yeah i guess the the main wokeness really kicked in 2012 2010 so 2008 i would give its pre-wokeness but you're talking in that case you're talking about a kind of tribalism right you're, you're not talking about the algorithms themselves do they feed outrage for sure yes every, every, yeah for sure every yes. single thing you've said is true and it's, the, I don't mean to use a big word, but it's the only word to describe. It's covariant. Like both of those variables act upon each other at the same time to enforce the dominant moral orthodoxy even more than it was in the first place. So what's happening is 
This is why I say that the problem is not the ideology. The ideology has existed for a long time. The ideology is a component of the problem. The problem is we are in a feedback loop of algorithms quadrupling upon quadrupling our problem. It's exponential growth. So the example of this I give is 2008, it starts with the viral Ron Paul revolution, which is a good thing. Then you start to see my favorite example is Mike.com, which started off as a website exploiting this and they were producing libertarian content. However, within that libertarian content was anti-police brutality content because libertarians didn't like that either. There was also Second Amendment audits that were going viral where people were like, the cops stopped me. And you get these videos of people challenging police officers. Right. Then people start adding in a racial component. Why? Because they start putting up videos of police brutality against black people. These videos start getting, start getting uh, just plastered all over Facebook because it makes money. At one point, a website that was dedicated to nothing but police brutality videos was the 400th most viewed website in the world. I'm what website say, was that? I'm not going to say what website that was. And uh, they were paying their writers an exorbitant amount of money. And all they did was post videos of police brutality. This starts fracturing the minds of 10-year-olds in 2010 who are now 23-year-olds who are voting in this election whose entire worldview has been built upon a machine that started with libertarian advanced into a so here's what happens when libertarians are sharing anti-police content and they're getting a lot of views because people don't like injustice it is the is the epitome of injustice when a cop violates our rights like that's that's the op, they're, they're supposed to be upholding the law then you add in a racial component and now you have an exponential growth the people who hate racism and the people who like who hate police brutality everyone's seeing it and everyone's sharing it then mike.com shifts its business model and says this gets more views let's do more of this instead the company then slowly rather exponentially rapidly shifts into a woke social justice company but here's the thing when this happened we didn't have the word woke i mean sort of it it was it was here and there what was the word intersectional feminist which then gave rise to social justice and social justice warriors i mean at first it was feminism then it was intersectional feminism. Then the then the SJW. Then we ended up with the, the complaints about critical race theory. Then people pointed out actually critical gender theories in there too. And now it's woke. What we're seeing is a feedback loop of social media algorithms funneling refuse back into the mouths of people in what I would only describe as a human centipede of ideology. Just to clarify, would you say that woke is the way that the ideology is funneled? Because what, 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 so when people say, what does woke even mean? Okay, well, when, when the average person describes woke, they may mean a bunch of different things. But the one unifying factor is they're referring to the modern left liberal orthodoxy that was created by social media algorithms. And, and the example I give is Ukraine war is the, is the easiest way to understand this. Why is it that Hassan Piker will be like, here are these things that I believe, trans rights. And then also, I also am for war in Ukraine. And you're like, what did these things have to do with each other? And why is it that this individual has no principles? It's just, he just follows the orthodoxy. You think there's a woke on the, on the other side of the coin? Like yeah. for people that like are obsessed a, a with right Donald wing Trump. version? Yeah. But it's so small and there's no institutional power behind it. I find it to be negligible. But it could become, it could become a problem if, if it were let. I think, it, control I, think, of the machine. I think it was white nationalism. Yeah, I think that the, the anti-woke people are starting to use some of the tools of the woke now. So it's, and I want, so I want to come back to what you said because I think it's important. Uh, you know, cancellation or not having conversations with people with whom they disagree. So I think that they're adopting the tools to buttress the ideology. 
so this is both a very complicated problem and a non-complicated problem. So I don't mean to muddy the waters too much, but I do want to say this because it's been really bumming me out. So I read a piece in the epistemology of democracy. It was about by Keith Stanovich. It was about my side bias and my side bias. This will horrify you when you hear it. But my side bias is exactly what you think it would be. My side is right, your side is wrong. But th this, the, the article or the chapter in the book argued that there's literally nothing you can do to overcome my side bias. No training, no education, nothing. But when you combine that, um, that research chapter with what you just said, not only can you not do, there's no amount of education that can get over my side bias. You're now talking the algorithm being held hostage to the algorithm. It's, yes, so and, and any, the any hope, being held human right. hostage so, by the humans. So even if right, so even if there weren't the case that you're being held hostage by the algorithm, you're still suffering. You know this my side bias thing. No training, no education, etc. You just can't. So what are you going to do? So that is, I think, what is often missing in these conversations. What I just like to throw in there: we know there's a problem. We've been talking. You and I have been talking for years. We know this is a problem, and I think what people are hungry for now is: what are we going to do about it? What's psychedelics? You, you said one. You, you said one mind. thing, right? We're going to stop donating to alma mater. We're going to stop buying. You know, we're going to vote with our dollars, if you will. But I think what would be helpful, I think, to a lot of your viewers is ending every one of these sessions, these conversations with what are you going to do about it? like empowering them to do something. And so obviously that's why I wanted to lead with the Anheuser-Busch story, because it seems like this is particularly effective. Let me tell you, I've got these tweets that I love to tweet where I say something like sterilize your children to prevent overpopulation. Right. It's a joke, right? Or I'll say something about uh, leftists will abort their children or sterilize their children. And then I had one tweet where I said, and this is a good thing because it stops overpopulation and humans are causing climate change. Oh, Not yeah. one time yeah. has any publication ever criticized me or written about those tweets. Yet, when I say don't buy beer, I get 500 articles saying far right fascist, outraged, whiny loser, because you can tell what's working. They don't want to bring up the fact that they're aborting their kids and sterilizing them because that's bad for them in the long run. But if they highlight that, they have to point out the things we're promoting are detrimental and yeah. deleterious to our ideology. And then when I say something like don't buy beer, they're like, quick, we got to put a stop on, stop to that. Yeah. Not only is it affecting our ad, our, our potential sales, because we get sponsored by this company, but there's, there's, there's truth to the fact that if Budweiser sales do drop and they are forced to apologize, that will be a major shift in the culture war. The moment a massive multinational corporation says, we are sorry for being woke, woke people will lose their minds because yeah. that means the we're sorry we made a genuine mistake we wish we hadn't done it we have we'd like to get you back and then and that's a, and, and and real quick netflix never apologized for cuties yeah. and they still have big mouth but when they started getting rid of some of the woke uh, shows and stuff they had and they talked about it they saw a subscriber increase so they're probably learning an important lesson but the apology is everything you yeah. said earlier real, real, real quick just one last point Antifa uses violence and the far left uses violence. And in the summer of love, they got away with it because they have law enforcement to a certain degree on their side, either because police are too feckless or the DAs are bought and paid for. So these big companies, as I've long stated, do not fear Dave Rubin, classical liberals showing up with pitchforks. They do fear Antifa who do it and get away with it. Yeah. If Budweiser is willing to make an apology 
to all of us for sponsoring Dylan Mulvaney. That means they are saying the threat of physical force from Antifa is not as scary as us actually going out of business. Yeah, and I wanna wanna add to that, and I wanna just say to the people listening to this, one of the things that I've seen over and over again is people are very afraid to piss off the far left. My comment to you is they already hate you. They already hate you because you're gonna say something or not toe the line perfectly. Do not be afraid of these people. Do not be held hostage to them. Be based. Also, Let the me, cartels and Islam don't be held a hostage to violent extremists of any kind. No offense, people that are not Islam at all. But I mean, you know, what's his name? Um, Richard Dawkins was afraid to even criticize or talk about it. Yeah. And that's really sad. And, because and Morgan, yeah. Every shout religion out, should be criticized. Shout out to Steven Crowder, potentially one of the most fearless guys who's constantly making jokes and saying F you to all of these extremists were telling him to shut up. You said earlier how it could these things could cause people to lose their minds, these far left. And you were saying this my side bonus. I actually jokingly Bias. said psychedelics. But like, I think being able to clear your mind helps you see the the danger of your side like if it means that recording yourself on video uploading it and watching yourself say it and having no choice but to accept that's what you are you'll see what you did wrong let me uh the psychedelics you got to do what's legal and what's safe for you but being able to clear your mind whether through fasting i think it helps you helps you see the crap on your side let's let's jump to the story from timcast.com Female swimmer assaulted by trans activists while speaking uh, on women's rights. Quote, this is proof that women need sex protected spaces. So you may have seen the story. This is about Riley Gaines. She is a woman's rights activist. I guess you'd call that a feminist who has taken issue with, <laughs> with males competing in female sports. Right. She was going to be speaking at an event and a mob of far left extremists chased her into a room. And then what they, they, they pinned her down for about demand, three hours. Demanded ransom. Yeah. They said, make money. her pay us, pay us money. That's extortion, I guess. Look at what happened with, with Brett Weinstein and Evergreen yeah. when they were mocking and holding these administrators hostage. It's not the first time. Yeah, and, and if anybody doesn't know the Brett story, which you should, either watch the Jordan Peterson or the Mike Nana has wonderful coverage of that. I actually, a long time ago, produced a miniature documentary oh, good. at uh, Evergreen with Brett. And so... Uh, you can, you can search for Brett Weinstein, Evergreen, Tim Cass or something. I want you on up. the show, Brett, if you're listening. But so, so, so what was the latest development here with Riley Gaines? Oh, so what I wanted to talk about is, is this a story? Yeah, no question about it. But this kind of stuff, this is an extreme, but it happened to Charles Murray. I mean, it happens, it happens all the time. Which really the story, to me, which really the story is what the university did. They said that they were peaceful protests. Yeah. They offered them counseling. They said transphobia has no place in the university. The statement, if you could pull the statement up, it's an utterly remarkable, it's, it's opposite land. And, and this is what is happening in our universities. And this is why it's so important to talk about this. It's again, what I had mentioned, this is the legitimacy crisis. There's a crisis of legitimacy in institutions. And this is contributing to that. It's the misuse of the word phobia, that's for sure. Because saying that you don't want biological men to compete in physical sports with biological females or doesn't mean you're afraid of trans... All women's prisons. Yeah. yeah, it's not that you're afraid of it. I mean, I'm not afraid. I just, I'm concerned, maybe. And it's not like this person's saying anything radical Peaceful. or crazy. She's she's just making logical, political points that, that are, are, are not out of the ordinary. And to have a group of people chase her down to physically assault her. I mean, I was chased by, you know, some of these mobs before. I was assaulted by one of these mobs before. It, it's not fun to deal with, but the police officers here to, to cower and not do anything here in the yeah, university this, to back the it attackers is, here. Man. It, is a it is a deranged 
statement. And anybody who reads that, if you ever had any question whatsoever that the academies are ideologically captured, read their statement. Well, so they have, they have, New York Post has some of it. They say, following the mayhem, Jamila Moore, vice president for student affairs and enrollment management, emailed students thanking them for taking part in the event. <laughs> it took tremendous bravery to stand in a challenging space. I am proud of the moments where we listened and asked insightful questions. I am also proud of the moments when our students demonstrated the value of free speech and the right to protest peacefully. Welcome see, to the right? modern era. And you see what they did, free speech, right? You see how they, they chased her into a room, demanded money, threatened her life. All right. And they know? framed it under free speech. That's what they do. Is someone playing something or something? Yeah, yeah. I think someone's downstairs on phone. Can you tell them you to, to get yeah. off their phone if that's okay and that they're? Um, yeah, I was I was actually just communicating with Serge. I missed the top part of the quote that they said, but they were happy that the protests were peaceful. They weren't peaceful. Yeah, but well, look, look, at, look at what happened with the Nashville Six. Yeah, uh, almost immediately, yeah. the Democrats. They, they, what do they start saying? The Nashville Three, they shift the entire narrative to these Democrats who get ousted for an insurrection at their state capitol. Yeah, yeah. Insurrection. You think that all the institutions, all the colleges, I mean, obviously not all of okay, them. Okay, so this, this is a huge question. So I don't know if you've been following, following the work by Chris Rufo uh, at New College in Florida and other places. So he is working hard to dismantle diversity bureaucracies. And speaking of which, we are in Austin. And one of the things that I'm doing is I'm a founding faculty at the University of Austin, and there's be none of this bullshit at the University of Austin. I can assure you, there's none of this bullshit. How's so, that going? Is it a, is it is it phenomenal? Phenomenal. Well over a hundred million dollars. We got whoa. Yeah, is it got, a new university or what? Yep, yep. It's free speech university. It's what a university should be. It's what a university, a traditional university, kind of was. How old? How old is it now? It's, well, it's the first class. We have a summer program, the Forbidden Classes program, and it'll be online 2024. We got to get a high-speed rail in this city now. Well, okay. If we is get it, that down it, here, we're going to be able to spread out. Is it, is it, is it online only? Or no, it's on ground only. On ground only? Yeah, and they have classes this summer. I'll be teaching the Forbidden Classes, the Kathleen Stock with gender, Mark Andreessen, wow. Neil Ferguson, Ayan Hershey-Ali. How big, how big is it? How many square feet? What do you got? No, we, it's just, it's literally being constructed now. Wow. It's in Austin. But so you, you ask a great question, what percentage of universities? So I think a question is what percentage of the people believe are, are caught in the orbit of the ideology? We don't really know the answer to that question because they've been so successful at creating a culture of fear that this episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute, and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. People won't honestly admit if they believe the these truly deranged propositions. So we don't really know, but we, we know from whether or not there are offices of diversity, equity, and inclusion, which are virtually every university, if not everyone, maybe not Hillsdale, Liberty, the conservative. We know that there are bias response teams at over 150 universities, uh, two, excuse me, 250 universities where you can... And that's from a Julian Melcher in the Wall Street Journal, published that a few years ago. It's been updated where people can, students or anyone can file a, a report that is lodged with the police if they even, th for basically for thought crimes. So 
our universities are experiencing ideological capture. But, this has been the base of my disagreement with Tim. The base of my disagreement with Tim is that this is the nucleation point. This is the point that it from which it all erupts. And what we haven't talked about at all, but I probably should mention because it's so important for context, is that you, I can't, you know, all my publications, et cetera, or someone, let me take it off myself. Someone who has a lot of publications, research, go to Google Scholar, teaching, or quarter century of teaching, et cetera, et cetera. I can't, somebody like that can't just go into the public schools and start teaching. You need a teaching certificate. All of the colleges of education that grant teaching certificates, they're literally all of them are woke. They're predicated on Paula Freire's Pedagogy of the Press. Jim, James Lindsay, guest of your show, your friend, also talks about this pretty extensively. This is a woke indoctrination mill for teachers but, but, in K-12 systems, and we except, get this madness. So I think, I, dis I disagree with you. I think okay. you're wrong. Okay. What we saw with like, um, what was his name? Uh, Nick Christakis, was that his name? Yeah. Nicholas Christakis. Yeah. Nicholas Christakis. Princeton. The students. Oh, no. Yale. Yale. Sorry. Freshman students already had this ideology within them. Right. They brought it to the universities. Correct. And the universities said, the customer is always right. And then recycled back to them what they were demanding. Right. So, so they... Okay. But th so you're actually is, making my point unless I'm not understanding. So, you're not understanding. Okay. These 16-year-olds these are on Facebook. They're, 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 they're 10 years old. They get a Facebook account. They're not supposed to, but they do. Yeah. They see nothing but this weird algorithmic garbage they enter the university and they demand these changes and the schools say yes because you pay our bills but we, you're we, saying people from the university gatekeep who gets to teach at the elementary school yeah we're not disagreeing we're, no, no, my, we're my, not my, disagreeing my point was the university that's, that's what i'm so right, 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 right what i'm saying is the universities did not originate this the I, there, there's elements of the ideology that obviously you can trace back to academia what i'm saying is the universities have these things within them because young people were manipulated brought it to the universities and demanded it. okay so if the causal explanation for this is solely algorithmic manipulation then how is it given that you yourself have said there are an awful lot of ideologies, then how is it that it's a, what an utterly remarkable coincidence that it's the ideology taught in universities and it's the same one that the ideology pushes. When, That's way too much when, of a coincidence. When, when did it become, uh, when did we start seeing these these protests, this, this uproar, the far left extremists? It's been over the past 10 years. It has quite literally been since LexisNexis Datus points out the emergence of social media around the world created an expansion of this ideology. It seems like you're both so have a touch of my side bias because you're a student of the internet, Tim, and you're a student of the academia, it seems, and you're both right. It's a confluence of events. It's happening well, yeah, I'm online. Not I'm not disagreeing with you. He's disagreeing with me, which is fine. Uh, totally well, what, I'm, what, I'm saying, fine. what I'm saying is the algorithms amplified our, 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 our mental, our, our worldview. At the same time as we started seeing the emergence of the far left stuff, we also saw okay. the, an expansion of white nationalism. I got it. Critical pedagogy started before social media. So yes. critic, critical pedagogy was the precursor to that. Those people got social media, Alyssa, all these people, they are in a sense, they actually are, you know, everybody wants to be a victim. This is John Heights is a victim culture. It is a victim culture, but they are actually victims. They're epistemic victims of a deranged ideology. Those people were then placed in seats of power from K through 12 up. They've been getting that. So the kids who came to Yale, they've been indoctrinated with that stuff for years. This is, this, this is what I, I don't quite understand, how it's an ideology. Well, it, it's, it's a suite of beliefs, 
right? There's systemic racism. Racism is baked into the system. Privilege seeks to preserve itself. All of those things cohere. Okay, well, you've mentioned that a few times. I'm trying not to go down that rabbit hole. But, but, but this is a huge, a huge well, hole but, okay, in the but, idea. No, no, but it's not a huge hole. But it's, it's also a lot of conservatives believe that, too. You know, I just talked to Douglas Murray the other day. There's, there's, there's a, Douglas Murray was in Ukraine. He is for the United States. I mean, again, I'm trying not, that's, that's, to, go, I'm trying not to go down to the Ukraine thing. But you, you have, it, it's just like Hitchens. They oppose cryptocurrency, it's, too. It's just like Balaji has some great stuff on that for why that is. It's, just, it's, 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 it's a, they're also it, very pro-vaccine. And, it's, a and toxin, love it's a toxin right. to woke. But all those things are in the orbit of the ideology. In, all in, of them. In, in essence of mindless adherence? or what, what do you mean? Like, how is being at war in Ukraine, opposing cryptocurrencies, and being pro-big uh, pharmaceutical companies in any way associated? I mean, in fact, I would argue the, well, the, the being in favor of massive multinational corporations is actually, it's paradoxical. It's kind of like joining the military, yeah. assuming this, this consciousness. Like, if Joe Biden tells you, then you're going to do it. They've accepted, people have, some people have accepted, whatever they say. Okay, uh, so, two, so two things. One, what Ronald Reagan said in his famous debate there you go again you're assuming and i don't mean that as a as a, as a slander on you but you're assuming a kind of rationality that the proponents of the ideology have that they simply do not have oh i'm quite the opposite i'm saying they quite literally have no rationality and there is no coherent right. ideology at all what we're looking at so, is a okay. sewer of refuse that has been mashed together yeah and what's happened is I think regular people who are looking for answers seek experts who are anti-woke, okay. and they find academics who then give them a very academic explanation. Okay, okay. So let's talk about a sewer that's been crammed together and force-fed, right? Yeah. Who who is doing the force feeding? The algorithms. Okay. Again, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I'm telling you in no uncertain terms the data is utterly overwhelming for this. For the people for force feeding them are people who have gone through teacher training programs, Jack Dorsey. their colleges of education, their university, their university administrators. We released a, a but, show. But you, Lyle Asher released a show on my YouTube channel. Why colleges are becoming cults. We know why this is true. And the, the likelihood that two ideologies, that the same ideology could be both promoted in K through 12 and academic institutions and be promoted by the algorithm at the same time is virtually zero. So Jack Dorsey, who pushed the free speech wing of the free speech party until 2014, who also lied before Congress and hasn't been after, subject to perjury yet. After so go the ahead, fact, go ahead. Pre uh, the original Twitter, when it was created, was the free speech wing of the free speech party. When he created Twitter, it was in, in a similar vein to the Ron Paul revolution of freedom, libertarianism, etc. And then there was a shift. Now, it's entirely possible that the, the explosion of data points from, we see from LexisNexis, LexisNexis in every country on the planet at the exact same time could be because a globalist cabal got together, sat around a, a, a table and said, implement order wokeness. Our plan has come to fruition. <laughs> and then they activated the device, which turned every country into a woke you know, disaster zone. Or it could be that the advent of cellular technology put a phone in everyone's pocket and then we gave everyone access to communication devices, which amplified our social biases, okay. creating two, two things. An interesting thing. In countries like Iran and China, that an inverse conversation, they went completely anti-woke, but still saw the emergence of the same language. Okay, let me ask you a question then. W taking everything that you just said, 
Mm. What is the disconfirmation criteria for that? Like what piece of evidence or rationale or reason would you have to hear that that would throw that speculation or hypothesis into question? The LexisNexis data that's been repeated on multiple occasions was incorrect. The data is falsified. Uh, the, the tracking of this terminology and the rise of this language was misinterpreted and in fact has always been around, something like that. You could see the algorithmic code over the last 15 years if you had like sn snapshots of the code on a weekly database to see like, was the algorithm actually inviting I, I, this discourse? I spoke at universities after Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. I did not see this. I, I, what year was that? This is 20, uh, end of 2011. I was being invited to speak at universities. Yeah, okay. Into 2012 and 2013. And then. Yeah, uh, I don't think it came to prominence. It's also, we haven't but I, I, but wait, wait, wait. mentioned. It, it, it didn't come to prominence in the universities around? Well, it, well I was, I'm just I'm literally just going to say it, it's also a geographical phenomenon. So, for example, it's worse in New York. It's, yeah, well, it's worse on the coast. It's worse in traditionally blue places. Uh, when I was at Occupy Wall Street, Wokeness was just starting to permeate into the leftist ideology, and it was confusing to a lot of people. When I went and spoke at universities follow Occupy, following Occupy Wall Street, all of the journalists were class, all of the professors were classically liberal. They were very much in that in that classically liberal vein where I am right now, and you probably are. And then over the next few I, years, I am, especially with what we saw with GamerGate. We saw the expansion of wokeness, which came from the internet and from young people into the universities. And then what we ended up seeing was a lot of people, so you, you can see the effect with celebrities, you can see the effect with corporations, slowly start adopting what they think is, is prominent. And I think they okay. do it. Let me, I'll, I'll give you what you're looking for. Let me, I'll, I'll give you what you're looking for. Read the algorithm. Let me ask you a question. Let's say we had a pie chart and I'm claiming that it's K through 12, colleges of education, college administrators infused throughout the curriculum, diversity statements, all of the stuff that seek to both indoctrinate students in an indoctrination mill and perpetuate the ideology. Let's say that you had two of those and they're not competing and you're going to fit them in a pie chart. Mm. What percentage of that, of that pie chart is algorithm and what percentage of it is uh, academic institutions? So, so what do you mean? You mean like, Right That's responsible now. for the freaking catastrophe. Responsible? 100% algorithm. I, 90, 97% perhaps. 100%. Okay. Maybe 97. So we, then our disagreement is far more substantive than I thought. Yeah. I, so, so the issue is when... I, I think what's happening is people are seeking answers as to what this ideology is. They're seeing specific examples of it. They're, uh, many people are looking at the news in a very short-term perspective. And then they're following experts who they believe are academics, uh, or, I'm sorry, academics who they believe are experts on the subject right. matter and who likely are in the specifics of, say, you know, critical race theory and critical theory. But they're not actually looking at the hard data of the social phenomenon that's occurred. And, and, and the strange thing to me is like, as I often try to explain, there's hundreds of thousands of ideologies that existed in universities 20 years ago and sort of still do, but they're being pushed out. All of, pre social media, pre uh, these, this wokeness did not exist at all. Yeah, well, you, that's, at ahead, all. Go ahead. And so, uh, simply put, when Anheuser Busch says, I don't want my content appearing next to these things, these things get removed from social media. Yeah. It's an amplification machine that keeps spinning up and recycling these ideologies, which keep changing name. And there, there, the, I, I think the issue is. You know, I'm on the ground at Occupy Wall Street. 
I'm on the ground at various protests in L.A. all across the country. I'm in Spain and I'm seeing similar things and I'm seeing similar behaviors that don't have a core ideological function. And then today I'm seeing pro vaccine stuff. I'm seeing pro Fauci stuff. I'm seeing pro Biden stuff. I'm seeing vote blue no matter who. All we need is your corporeal form. Chatbot GPT too. And I'm seeing uh, Ukraine war stuff. None of these things fit your argument. Now, it is true, I think, that universities have become mills of wokeness. But I think within these mills, it makes no sense that there's a rainbow flag next to a Ukraine flag. There is no ideology that brings these things together. What does, however, is a social media algorithm that says adhere to orthodoxy. Okay. Or straight up the president telling people to do it. And they're so afraid well, I mean, of Donald what, Trump that they're just falling in line. But why are they even afraid of Donald Trump? Because they're like Trump, psychotic think, think about from this too. poisoning where, the food supply, per, staring per, the TV for four, four hours a media. day, eight hours a day. Where in, in, in these theories and these ideologies is yeah. Trump derangement syndrome? Uh, so the, the Trump derangement syndrome, as far as I know, I'm sure someone's written a paper about it, but that's just something that people have used, that often, often say conservatives have used, uh, Sam Harris is an interesting thing about Trump, Trump derangement. Well, he's Trump deranged. The dude is Sam Harris is clearly unwilling to reflect upon himself. He's a perfect example of what he's complained about with Islam. He doesn't self reflect, reflect upon the fact that he's wrong at all. He doesn't look at any of the data. He just hates Donald Trump to the point where he said he believed it was good to cheat to win elections. All right. Why don't, so here's my suggestion to you. Why don't you have him on and have a conversation with him? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime. I text him right so, after but, this. but the point is, Trump derangement syndrome exists. In yeah. the, the left refers to it as Trump, what do they, what do they call it? Trump anxiety disorder. And, and so, you, what, just to be clear for, for people listening, by Trump derangement syndrome, you mean? When people become irrationally angry at the thought of Donald Trump, the truth telling around Donald Trump or anything he does. But I would also, for, for so example, would also when they add, said that the terrorist was an austere scholar, they yeah. either, anything he does is framed negatively. And any defense of him in any factual stance like, hey, you know, Trump, when he when he threw the fish with Shinzo Abe into the Koei pond, Shinzo Abe actually did it first. They say you're a Trump supporter. They get irrationally angry. Sam Harris being a good example. He says that Sam Harris believes subverting elections is a good thing because Trump is that bad. He said Sam Harris actually said that if there was legitimate evidence of Hunter Biden sexually abusing children, it would not be as bad as Donald Trump running a fraud university. I heard that. On, that on, on is trigonometry. Trump. Now, now, yeah. where in leftist ideology does that exist? It doesn't. What does is that Sam Harris is beholden to liberal social orthodoxy crafted by algorithms, and he doesn't want to break from it. I'll tack on part two of the definition of Trump derangement syndrome is that when people are obsessively in love with Donald Trump, it's another form of derangement, the cult worship, that kind of thing. Blind adherence. I, I people I agree so with you, the, but people the, don't the, use the word to mean that. But you're so it does okay. Exist. So th- there's so much to unpack in this. So when people are accused of Trump derangement syndrome, they will give the response that that is a a, a slur that people use who whitewash the fact that Donald and I'm not saying I'm well I, I got to hear this yeah it's it's that it's, that Donald Trump is an enemy of democracy and he has subverted the democracy and he would not leave office uh, allegedly and he's a traitor and w- w- whatever else ha- happens so and my response they, they, is they're, it's a cult well well their their response is not that this is an irrational hatred of Donald Trump it's that this is a rational hatred of Donald Trump but but we but any objective and I mean this literally yeah any objective person knows that it is irrational 
when uh, I mean, Donald Trump was impeached. Why? Because he made a phone call uh, to Ukraine asking about Joe Biden withholding congressionally approved aid in exchange for a political right. favor. OK, so I agree with you. I agree that, pe- p- per- again, perhaps it's a difference of degree. Simply, simply put, these people believe that because social media algorithms fed them false narratives and lies. Now, they say that uh, every cell in our body is completely changed within seven years. That means someone alive today, their I've entire... That. I don't know if it's true, but... Well, I just, I'm just yeah. making a, 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 yeah, yeah. a nonsensical point, but... wives' tale. The point is, a person's entire being, if they've been following corporate news since 2015, is comprised of life that believes all of these psychotic lies about Donald Trump. Yeah. That, that we have debunked over and over and over again. And I don't think Trump's a saint. I don't think he's the greatest president who's ever lived or anything like that. I think on foreign policy, he's the best I've seen in my lifetime. I can tell you all the things that I didn't, didn't like what, he've done, what he's done. I can say that I was wrong when I took his side over Thomas Massey. And then you go and talk to somebody and it's, it's become a trope. Stop making me defend Trump was a trope throughout 2016, 2017, when the media would lie. They accused Donald Trump of being a traitor and having served the Russians as he was president. And there are people that. who yeah. still believe this. Yeah. And, now that's and, Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Am so I, so in, am I, oh, and that's well, in that sense, I think I think it's really important. Your point is really important that and 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 I think it's really important when we make mistakes that we've had about things in the past that we kind of fess up to them. That's why I fessed up to you about the Hunter Biden laptop and me had fall for that. So I did think I did buy into a lot of that media narrative that maybe why, he seems unnaturally close to Russia. Something's going on. They lied. Why has Alpha he... Bank lies. Well, I heard a lot of it. There's a tape. It said, I'm sure you've heard that. Yeah, Russian that, ladies of the night. Yeah, you heard that Drinking rumor. a lot of beverages. And this is my yeah. point. Social media yeah. algorithms were, were feeding this content to people because it got clicks. So what we saw was... Yeah, I mean, again, Tim, there's, I'm not disagreeing with right, you. Right. This is a huge problem. I, I don't, I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't know how to get out of it, so, you know, which is so, why I mentioned the my side bias, which is making it worse. Yeah. The, I think that we get out of it in a few ways. I think people who are aware of the issue should have as many kids as possible. I know everyone points to me and asks me where my kids are, you know, personal issues, but we'll talk, but, you know, I'll keep that private. So I think people should have as many kids as possible. That doesn't mean your kids will think like you. It, there's no guarantee, but the, uh, there's also a combination of factors. One, get out of cities. We, we, you know, we see what's going on with, with, with Riley Gaines. We see what's going on in Austin with um, Daniel Perry. The lies the media is pushing on this guy, it's incredible. So Daniel Perry's got or, a, or, or get off social media altogether, like Luke Yanoff has been saying, or John Hyatt for kids, young girls, liberal girls, yes. young women, yeah. white. Take I your kids' phones away. Yeah, take your. Oh, oh no, it's actually it's interesting. It's not YouTube. It's not. It's strictly social media. It's the problem that Hyatt found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your kids should not be on social media. So like texting. They shouldn't have phones. I don't think they should have some. Well, that's another thing. There's no, uh, again, I'm not familiar with the data. I haven't looked into it, but people who are familiar with the data say it's not watching YouTube, it's not reading books, it's not texting, it's strictly social media. I will clarify. They have these cell phones that can only make, make and receive phone calls and texts. Those are totally fine in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. You know, I thought you guys were saying something interesting about Trump derangement syndrome. You're saying that it's like an irrational 
fear of this, and you're saying they, that it's considered a rational uh, uh, yeah, fear. Yeah, I'm saying that the people accused of Trump derangement syndrome will claim that they don't, it's not a syndrome, it's a, that it's not irrational, it's rational. I think that's the sure. response. And I'm but trying to look up what does that even mean? What's rationality? It's okay, something that well, you can claim based on a reason. What's a reason? Well, something that you think is right. What's an Enism? Like, it's, it's yeah, so it, it, subjective, this, this stuff. But this is, I actually think that's a really good point when we're trying to break down why these people think they're rational, they think they have a reason for it. The reason I say that they are Trump deranged is the emotional vigor that comes along with it. You come to me and you tell me that Donald Trump was an evil tyrant. I'll say, why do you think that? Yeah. I go to them and I say, I think Donald Trump was the greatest president on foreign policy. They lose their minds. Yeah. Okay. okay. There's something, there's something really profound to that, right? Mm -hmm. There's something that people who can't engage, they just get ex like anthropogenic global deranged. warming. Right. Like anthropogenic global warming. If you make an argument against it or if you make an argument, no matter what your argument is, there are some people who will say, well, what's your evidence? And there are other people who will lose their minds. And this is the point I'm making ultimately about the modern yeah. left and wokeness is that climate change, Trump derangement syndrome and Ukraine, uh, Fauci, none of these things line up with academia, but they are deranged on all of these counts and equally defensible on all of these counts. What, what's the best way to figure out if someone should fear a president? I think <laughs> looking at history and uh, figuring out how you should fear a president, you look at history, you should probably fear all of them, including Donald Trump. Amen. But, Absolutely. So you, you don't think that Trump presented, maybe unique is too strong of a word, you don't think that Trump presented a an especially dangerous threat to our democracy. Why do you say our democracy? Well, I mean, the United States as opposed to Canadian democracy. Yeah, Trump, pr Trump represented probably this, the, the best effort we had at a saving grace of, America, of the American constitutional republic. You mean the whole clearing the swamp thing? Not necessarily. Um, my view of Trump is that he was more like a bull in a china shop and that the ivory tower has been constructed over the past hundred years, probably since just before 1913. Okay, let me, let me ask you this question. On a scale from one to 10, we should fear Donald Trump how much, and, and we should fear Biden how much? Biden, well, it's tough. It's not so much Biden himself, but Biden, to, for, for, for all that's around him, I would put it at an eight or a nine, and Trump, I'd put it a six, five or a six. Okay, so... So this is really, I, I want to say something. Interesting. So every time I've asked you a question, you've given me an answer. Mm -hmm. And I know that that must sound like, well, of course I've given you an answer because you've asked me a question that I consider it reasonable. Maybe if I asked you a question about your sex life, you wouldn't answer the question, but maybe he would, or maybe he would. I don't know. I wouldn't ask him. So <laughs> I wouldn't ask him. So it doesn't make a difference, but there is something also, I think it's an element of that Trump derangement syndrome that you mentioned that you met, there's a kind of excitability or a kind of anger in that, or a kind of like when you ask someone a question, they get upset that you ask them the question yeah, absolutely. or they don't want the questions asked at all. And that I think is more of a concern of the byproduct of what's happening to people's consciousness and how they engage each other. Right. Because, they go on social media and they are told, this is what you must be, whether it's true or false, this. And I wonder if it has, it's a component of low testosterone or just outside of that argument, agreeableness. Individuals who fear being ostracized because of, you, you know, humans survive by being in, in social groups yeah. and those who are more willing to take risks to lead if it's the right thing. So leaders versus followers. 
The people who are more likely to fall into the follower category are like, don't challenge the order. I will not have you get me ostracized. Whereas my view is kind of like, ostracize me, I don't care. I'll do fine on my own. So I I don't have that fear that these people probably do. They get angry because their brain understands that what is being told to them is likely true. But if it's true, it means the social order they're they're using to survive is wrong. Now they're faced with the the evolutionary fear of a risk to their lives. Yeah, so that's the question. How do you help people in the literature? It's called build a golden bridge. Like, how do you help people walk over who are woke? And I'm thinking like, you know, now I'm thinking the FBI is going to come for me when I say red pill, You're white done. pill. You're done. Coming I mean, in, I'm already, in the door. I think it's already too, my social credit score is it's already, already terrible. Um, you know, and, and how do you help people and not create adversarial relationships to say, oh, wow, geez, you know, I thought this. Anheuser-Busch. Anheuser-Busch. We need that apology. More than anything right yeah. now, we need that apology. We need to say to every single person who is blindly following social orthodoxy, you're on the wrong side of history because that's what they say because that's what they fear. Okay, that's, by the way, as I've told Reed a thousand times, that's the, I've lost uh, five friends now because of my stances on things. And four of those five people, all for woke reasons, four of those five people have said to me the same thing, you're on the wrong side of history. Exactly. I hear that constantly. And that's the only thing they have that attaches them to any of these arguments they might make or any of these flag icons they'll put in their profiles or in their windows is that they fear being on the wrong side of history for one reason. Being shunned from the majority means death. Figuratively, but in the past for humans, literally. If Anheuser-Busch apologizes, we get the high ground and we say, you're on the wrong side of history on this one, then they get scared. And they'll start to ask themselves, "Uh uh-oh, are we gonna lose this one? Should I be with them? You know, people often ask, well, what are some of the things you're sure you're right about in the culture? Well, uh, to me, it's pretty obvious, don't defund the police. That's freaking insane. The other thing is child gender affirmation, gender affirming care. That is one I hear a lot of. I, I, if it mentioned to my friends years ago, why don't you write down, so like three years ago, why don't you write down the, the beliefs that you have now that are new that you've acquired in the last year or two? And why don't we revisit those in five years and see where we are? Hence the wrong side of history, people. And that's my other prediction too. You think you're smart? Don't think you're smart. Make predictions. My prediction is that there'll be massive gaslighting at the end of this. Oh, I never believed this. And Absolutely. I think, I th- yeah, because it's so ghastly. They'll have to gaslight. Well, if they want to be a part of the, the moral it, majority it, again. There you go again. That's the, and that's not the tribalism, but the, the one thing people want more than being right is to belong right? It's to be loved. It's to be a member of a community. Wokeness offers that very, very easily. The signaling, the pronouns in the bio, et cetera. And the We're going to go to Super Chats. We went a little long. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to TimCast.com. Click join us, become a member, because we're going to have a members-only uncensored show at about 10, 10 p.m., where that's where we're more likely to swear and be not so family-friendly and maybe get a little bit darker with the conversation. So you don't want to miss it. And you can also join the Discord server after you're a member where you can hang out with like-minded individuals. And then if you join at the $25 level or you're a member for at least six months, even call into the show and ask questions of us and our guests. But let's read Super Chats. All right. Freedom Jeffrey, 1776 says, Hi, Tim. Can't wait to see you guys Friday in Austin. Awesome. Will we be able to take video in the venue? I don't know. 
Are we live? I have no idea. It's live. We should be fine, right? And I, th yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, th there might be venue rules. So yeah. I want to say I don't, I don't. I would love for people to be able to. Yeah. I don't Talk know. about building a golden bridge. Playing I, yeah, music. I'm totally fine with it. And I think after the show, too, we're going to give Ian a guitar and make him play music. Hell everybody. yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Frequent measure. Because we've got, uh, I think, a couple hours after the show of like, what do you want to do? That's how you bridge but, the golden bridge. Like you need, you need people to come to your show that are woke and that love Donald Trump and they all don't even know. They don't ask. doesn't uh, matter. They're just vibing. I couldn't agree more. They look at each other as people. Yes. Yep. All right. Uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Let me read some more super chats. Raymond G. Otherwise, we'll talk forever. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, I enjoyed the Jorge segment. Always nice, shining a light uh, in. It's when it's the darkest before the dawn. We are based chads on that red pill. And oh, oops. Sorry, FBI. I kid. Go F yourselves. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah, Jorge uh, Masvidal. This is the, the, one of the greatest moments. I just, I can't believe this happened. Donald Trump sitting with Mike Tyson, Kid Rock, oh. and Dana White, yeah. watching a UFC fight. And then Jorge wins. And then gives a shout out to Trump as the greatest president. I saw and that. And then says, let's go, Brandon. And the that. whole crowd is cheering, let's go, Brandon, as Joe Rogan is holding the yeah, microphone. It's great. <laughs> it's like, how is this real life? Yeah. But uh, talk about a white pill moment. The whole audience yelling, let's go, Brandon. Yeah. Hey, I'm Miami's talking. awesome. I've been in Miami the last few months. I love it there. The people there are incredible. <laughs> Lots of anti-communist Cubans out there that I resonate my uh, dislike for communists uh, as a Polish-born person. So beautiful place, beautiful people. Grant Can't says, recommend it enough. Grant says the real victory of the Budweiser boycott is making Bud Light the drink of the left and forcing them to buy and drink lots of Bud Light. I saw a funny post. They said, Bud Light is the beer for people who don't want to drink beer but want to drink lots of it. Oh, yeah. It's and I'm right. like, yeah. <laughs> talk about, talk about yeah. fifth generational warfare. If you want to wipe someone out, that's another way of doing it. Like, hey, yeah, there's a bunch something of beer. about hey, low, go take this other product from when, Big Pharma. When low tar cigarettes were popular, people smoked twice as much of them. Yeah, there's a lot of water in <clears throat> Bud Light. I, it's Bud Light's a terrible beer. I know. Like, like, I'm not saying that for any other reason, of it, it's just a terrible beer, independent of who it's got to be it. like one of the worst beers. Yeah. It's just so basic, bland, not very tasty. Yeah. I think that's why they people tend to go for it because it's not overly. It's, a, it's rice tasty. beer. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not. I'm into like I like the thicker, stoutier. Yeah, man. Like Guinness, dark, chocolatey. I'm a huge fan of Guinness. You said Newcastle. I love Newcastle Brown Ale. So good. English. But Let's Guinness read some more. Number one. But I try like not to drink me. beer. Too many carbs. Yeah, I've kind of given yeah, it I don't, I don't like beer. That's All right, let's read some more. Max Reddick says, Mehdi Hassan is an evil person. Oh my God, he's a lunatic. He is defending the government on the Twitter files, arguing semantics, saying the government simply pointed out to Twitter that people were breaking their rules. Okay, Insane. He's, he's, well, just not a, he's not an honest broker of conversation. He's none just, of these people he, are. He's, he's just not honest. They're just none of these people are. Yeah. He's been in the news pretty heavily so the can last I, week. Can I, just, can I just talk about that just for a quick second? So it's taken me a lot of work to, to really get it into my mind that some people have absolutely nothing of substance to add to a conversation. And in fact, even listening to them is a kind of cognitive poison. It's like a slow epistemic punch in the head. Uh, okay. Oh my gosh, I get this thing. Sometimes people will be talking, right? And they'll say right at the end of the sentence. And I have to turn the video off when it's happening because I'm like, I'm not going to get brainwashed and it's talking like that. <laughs> right? All right. 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 All right. Uh, Max also says, Tim, I know you don't like to say when guests are coming on, but would you mind breaking that rule once and let us know when the serfs are coming on? I need to see that guy get pressed. So uh, what's, what's that guy's name? Lance. Lance. Yeah. I mean, he, he tweets at me and I say, come on the show because I always do. Like whenever a leftist tweets at me or something, I'll be like, bro, you're welcome to come on the show and have a conversation. So that's okay. So that's. 
vital. And that's piggybacking off what you said. When people with whom you have a disagreement, you know, like I've had a disagreement with Matt Walsh. I invited him to conversation. Of course, he doesn't respond. I think that's one of the things you have going for you. If someone disagrees with you, I've always heard you say in the past, we'd love to have a conversation. And then 97% of leftists ignore it or lie or turn it into a drama moment. A hundred percent. And they say, Tim doesn't talk to people he disagrees with, right? I get that constantly. Well, well they, why, why don't you go on left-wing media? Well, because I'm not invited on left-wing media. You know, we invited one guy on the show and he publicly says, I'll do it. And then privately goes, I'm not going on your show. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he takes it and turns it into a segment where he's like, Tim Pool is scared to debate me and all this stuff. And I'm like, so okay, there you go. I mean, that, but that's their tactic. Right. It's a woke tactic. But this dude from the surfs uh, tweeted at me and I said, come on the show. And he was like, are you serious? Hell yeah. And I'm like, awesome, dude. I look forward to it. Like, you're allowed to have your, your opinions, man. And we'll talk about them. We've had, uh, we've had Destiny, the Omni-Liberal, on a couple times. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of people don't like him. They disagree with him. He gets things wrong or whatever. But I'm like, I think Destiny's great. You, and he's going to be here Saturday, too. Yeah, you want to hear something totally crazy? I am in Romania giving talks, doing all this stuff. And I'm like walking on a back road in the middle of freaking nowhere. And some, this is a totally true story. And this woman comes running up to me and says... Oh my God, oh my God, I saw you on Destiny. In really? the middle, yeah. Wow. In the middle of nowhere in some village in Romania. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to tell him that story when I see him. All right. Oh, snap. It's Dave says, Luke, liquor stores stayed open because people who drink on the daily, if COVID didn't kill them, the DTs would have. Yep. Quitting drinking cold is worse than the needle. Your liver goes in complete shock. Absolutely. Yep. Um, totally right. Um, I'm not disagreeing with you, but the optics were still bad when the government was shutting down mom and pop businesses. And churches. And churches. But oh, but man. liquor stores were okay. And I understand there's medical reasons. Uh, that's how addictive some of this stuff is. The, the church thing to me is the most egregious because it's the first amendment yeah. it is like the most vital for for us to experience life as we as we 100%. understand it and they shut churches down i mean that just that blew my mind that's crazy all right all right we'll read some more wrath of paul says the bud light fiasco only distracts us from the bigger issues that actually kill our freedom such as the impending collapse of the petrodollar and the implementation of cbdc's around the world well, my, my view is not so uh, uh, simple on the petrodollar. I think it's actually the accident. Uh, I think the petrodollar is dying. It's been dying for, for a decade plus. Yeah, if you see the curve, it's going down. And yeah. Donald Trump's view, this is my, my, my personal view. I, I could be totally wrong. I got to ask the guy. But I think he sees this and he says, if we don't secure our borders, if we don't bring back manufacturing, if we don't get the American people back to work, when the petrodollar falls, we're done. And the Democrats were like, no, 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 Trump, you're wrong. We should destroy the planet before the petrodollar falls. Mm -hmm. And so even though it's still going to fall, they're like war in Ukraine at any cost. And now we got those Pentagon leaks, which assuming that are real, shows that Russia actually ain't losing. That Ukrainian air defense forces are going to be depleted by the end of May. That the money we just sent to Ukraine is not enough. And that only around 8% of Russian troops that have been reported have actually died. So when they say 200,000, the numbers from these leaks, 17. Dude, 17, that I haven't 000. heard. That I haven't now, heard. Now, the argument is that these are, these are, it's propaganda and the numbers are manipulated. And the language and the context is all manipulated, perhaps. 
Has there been any statement from the Pentagon if it's true or false? Well, according to the military analysts, the people pretty much speaking for the Pentagon, they're like, yeah, everything here released is is true, but they just faked the numbers here for this specific reason, which is very convenient to our official story. That's what they're going with here. But there's a lot of other things going uh, going around. I was talking about this in my YouTube video today, specifically with China brokering a peace deal between uh, Iran and Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia has just called for the end of the Yemen war, which is a proxy war. They're bringing the Sunnis and Shiites together. There's a big move here against the dollar here. And this is going directly against Israel and Americans' foreign policy in the Middle East, which is going to be uh, some some very significant ramifications for. You know, uh, I'm reading this this uh, here super chat about Ian, and I think Ian's right. Duncan Chestnut says Ian landed a 20 here. Apology is not enough. Make them an example. Going woke will collapse your company, not just inconvenience it. And you know what? I, I think that's actually a, a decent point. What I was saying earlier is that if they apologize, then we go out and we buy as much of their product as possible because... What we want people to see is we want all of the analysts to be like, well, when they when they did this ad campaign, their stock collapsed and their sales collapsed. When they apologized for it, they made yeah. a billion so, dollars. So I don't understand. Why would we want to punish them for apologizing? You well, it's, it's not want- about apologizing. It's that if they don't. Well, so that's, that's what he's saying. Apology is not enough. Make him an example. My view is if they don't apologize, then I hope they completely collapse. I guess because my, then the message is... Oh, that, that I'm 100% fine with. But yeah. if they apologize, then apologizing for doing something wrong should be rewarded. I, but you shouldn't do... It but you shouldn't do... Aristotle actually says, sorry. But you shouldn't do a bad thing to feel remorse. You should feel remorse only once you've done a bad thing. Sorry. If someone walks up to somebody and just punches them and knocks them on the ground and then stands there and goes, sorry, uh, I'm not buying it, bro. I'm not going to buy your beer. You, you just deck that guy. Like, no, 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 no. Apology is no. not enough in that situation. This is different. They, they just if, if, but, but, smeared Dylan Mulvaney. They made a fool of him and they wrecked their brand. Yeah. So they deserve so to let's, be dragged let's, for this. Well, let's make it a little different. A group of people are standing in a big circle and there's a guy named uh, uh, Bush and, uh, you know, and, and then another guy standing next to him and everyone's yelling. So the Bush guy goes, all right, I'll please these people and just punches the dude as hard as he can, like you described. However, everyone starts booing. And then the guy's like, what's what's happening? Why are you booing? I thought this is what you wanted. And they were like, no, we don't want you to do this. And now we're going to take you down. He goes, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't think he's actually sorry. I think he's scared. And I think when he then yells out to everyone, I am scared of you. Please stop. It sends a message to every other corporation. If you want to see your net worth plummet by $4 billion, play that game. So so for you, correct me if I'm wrong, this Bush thing is kind of like a line in the sand. And this is where we can actually do something to make a substantive change. Well, I'll be honest. You know, I Dylan Mulvaney is a product, uh, as Vivek Ramaswamy said in, in a rather brilliant fashion, we thought the AI monster we would we would have to deal with is, is going to be a robot with laser eyes, but it's Dylan Mulvaney. It's it's the manipulation young people are experiencing at the hands of social media. And so it's not so much a line in the sand. When the story dropped, I didn't care. When I first saw the story that Dylan Mulvaney was being spon- was was being sponsored by Bud Light, I went, well, how about that? But when Kid Rock then fired at a bunch of Bud Light, oh, I said, yeah. okay, I will do a short segment about this. And so it wasn't even a main segment for me. And then I got 1.5 million views. And I said, okay, people have rallied around this idea and begun a boycott. And then Travis Tritt came out later. An event got canceled. And I said, this might be the moment people actually decide I can do some good here. And so with that, I said, okay, let's follow the story and see what's happening. Now that we're seeing real economic consequences, for me, it's opportunity. It is 
finally, we have a $4 billion get what go broke and everyone is piling on. And then the media started yeah. attacking me and I said, over target. Can, can I just, um, if I may put in a plug for my two passions. So Star Trek has been destroyed. Star Trek Discovery has Absolutely. been destroyed by woke madness. It's turned the show into a living cesspool. Doctor Who, the last two seasons, have been utterly destroyed. And I would like to add, if I may, <laughs> I would like apologies for destroying the franchise for those for, for from both the BBC, you know, destroying Terry Nation's work, if destroying Star Trek. So please add those to your list. Uh, I canceled Star my Trek. Paramount. Yeah, Star Trek was uh, it's one of my favorites. Next Generation, of course, Deep Space Nine. Of course. And uh, the first problem I had is they only do, sequ- they only do prequels. So boring. And uh, then they, you know, get woke, go broke. So yeah, it's I, unfortunate, I, the, but... The, the prequel thing didn't bother me, but the uh, woke arc, the woke story, everything about it was intersect. I couldn't stand it. It destroyed the franchise. All right, all right let's next? read some more. We got Insane Redneck. He says, regarding encryption, my brother just finished his time in the army and just started work as a fort guard. He told me the DOD has classes for staff purely for the sake of bypassing VPNs. Unsurprising. Hmm. Brandon Allen says, look at Luke rocking that cowboy hat based LARP. I'm not LARPing. This is what I always wear. He's, he's making a about? jug. I yeah. know. The FBI. Yeah, he yeah. Know. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, what do we got? DL says, chickens with pew pews. You're not taking the eggs this time. Quick, someone meme that. Side note. Ever think of Quick's quick access app with sub that includes all your sub-based media for one low monthly price using access code? Um, the app's done. The issue is it's really hard to get an app on, 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 on the app store for iTunes. But I think the Android app is going up really soon. And this means that you can log in and get access to all of the content. And it'll be really easy to navigate and uh, really excited for it. Super cool. I have to say, you're, you're, I'm just watching this now. Boy, your viewers are really thoughtful. Some of these comments are just fantastic. Comments are incredible. I'm always oh, yeah. in the comment section, yeah. always commenting the, as well. The comments are really thoughtful. But we get we get corrections in real time too. Yeah, like, like we say something wrong, I, I can see it, and I'm like, oh, hey guys, someone just pointed out, like we've gotten guns wrong. And and do you say, and, hey, I made a mistake? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what differentiates well, you from. Right. I mean, just think about how silly it would be if someone super chats. You said the name of the gun wrong. It was actually this, and then I went. Well, I don't care. I'm not correcting. Like right. they're literally listening right. to each other, right. and they know I'm wrong. Right. The only thing I can do is be like, "I got that one wrong." Yeah. So you have a good audience. That's good. That's really good. Smart people posting smart comments. Yeah, they listen. There's I read a big every difference comment. in a crowd that That's just excellent. watches for kind of in the background, and people that really listen to the stuff, the yeah. content. These people Here, listen. Here's yeah. a good one. Miguel D says, "I'm a staunch conservative, but I'm sounding more like Bernie Sanders every day." Billionaires are the problem. They own the corrupt media, big tech, and pay off the politicians. Is it billionaires or is it money that's the problem? No, nah, it's, it's neither. It's, it's, it's not even billionaires. Elon Musk's a billionaire. The problem is yeah. corruption. Yeah. They, they're, bad people exist. You know, look, a bad guy who is poor can go murder a bunch of people. A bad guy who's very wealthy can cause massive destruction culturally and politically. It's still just bad people doing bad things. You know, Elon Musk is... You know, he's, I, I got my criticisms of him. You can talk about his, his, his deference to China or to whatever degree that, it, that is. He denies it. But then you can talk about buying Twitter and taking the W off the sign and then painting it white because yeah, the landlord great. complained. Like, great. he's a funny guy and I, he's doing good things. I do think the value of wealth hoarding is a problem. You really shouldn't be valuable to not spend your money. That doesn't make any sense. Currency is supposed to, like a current, move. 
this guy yeah well words in, over in, here. yeah in, in so. inflation inflation <laughs> fixes that currency, problem yeah. yeah yeah or deflating currency something like that. well this is why they do negative interest rates mm. you know they want to try and get Free you to home. remove yeah, yeah. your money from bank accounts and go spend it or something the whole monetary modern monetary theory i think is a big corrupt nightmare it's so though. crazy that people that have billions just sit with it in a bank account at two percent interest and then they're just like they're richer they make more money than i do i'm bullish on bitcoin all right what is this uh barker lewis can't chew says okay uh vivek on his podcast with bill burr talked about using and promoting the fbi not reform it he is a wolf in sheep's clothing yeah for sure he is that's why I, you should be following his work i i i think there's a degree of hidden agenda to a certain extent with vivek but i mostly think that uh he means it he knows what he's talking about and when I talked to him about his story, about how he got involved, basically, he ran mm -hmm. a multi-billion dollar company. It was a great interview. He got attacked by woke people. It yep. pissed him off. because Woke, woke Inc. is a wonderful book for people yeah. who haven't read it. He, I, I think he's, he's emotionally slighted by the fact that he said, sure, I'll write a statement. Did. And they went, it wasn't good enough. And mm -hmm. then they resigned. And he's like, you, 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 you F with me. You get the horns. You I, know what I mean? And I think he's going to play ball with the military industrial complex. He's been pretty straightforward that he's going to be a different guy after eight years in there. And that's yeah. why, because he yeah. will decide where the bombs fall. I don't know about that. He's the real deal. All he, I can like say Obama, is, man. I think his, I think he's more like a right wing Andrew Yang, but I think he'd run circles around Andrew Yang. Where he's talking about a war with the cartels. The CIA is yeah. not going to be happy yeah, with that. Those are two of my favorite yeah. people, by the way. I've been thinking I, about the cartels. What do we do about that? Like, do we mobilize the full force of the American military and go well, that's to the That's what he wants to do. proposal. That's, that's what he Inva wants to Like, do. declare war on Mexico and use have, work well, with their government, Mexico but invade the country? becoming a narco state. Like, if they're letting cartels run their country, <laughs> we have no choice but to take control and seize the land. I mean, I would even consider taking it if, if they're not going to govern and they're just going to let them attack us. That is another right. conversation. That's a huge conversation. Wait until you learn about government, Ian. Let's read some more. We got KCB who says, Tim, I do share your videos occasionally if I find them, if I find them profound on Facebook and none of them get any reactions. It's impossible that no one would give it a like, even if they don't watch. Your content is being hidden by Facebook. Can confirm. Now, what are you gonna do about it? Um, we started put it, posting more and more onto Facebook because it is a platform we should be using to get access to more people. And uh, we put them on, on Rumble as well. I actually begin to think about uploading, you know, to, to Twitter. I think Twitter is an avenue that's not being explored properly right now. With Twitter Blue, you can actually upload, what is it, like a couple hours or something? Is that what they're doing? I don't know. Oh, it's a long time, yeah. So I'm thinking maybe we need to just run uh, uh, the Timcast IRL channel like we do for Instagram and just start producing more and more content for it. All right, let's see what we got here. Jomas says, I install steam boilers for a living. Beer, beers after a really dirty one brings the guys together. Just saying, it's not all evil gents. More uh, morale matters. No, that's why I said I like beer. I think beer's totally fine. I don't, I'm not going to drink it, but I understand why people do. Totally. I, I mean, and, and I actually like Blue Moon, but I haven't had one in a really I long time. I really try not to drink. I don't know. You don't drink, right? No. I try not to drink at all. I just love drinking. I just find it so enjoyable. But mm. I've, I'm trying to cut down on my carbs and, I, and my wheat. Like, so no sugars and no wheat or minimal. You know, Smart like, man. So, yeah. And I feel better when I'm at a better weight. You know? I, oh, yeah. I think this healthy at every size is BS. But there is something about you know, some minimal diet, you know, cutting sugar and minimizing alcohol. Although I will say, you know, I, so I went from gin and tonic to uh, uh, half gin, uh, half tonic, double gin to quadruple gin. 
a half tonic, and that's been working out for me, and then I don't have anything else. Yeah, just replace the beer with uh, beef liver. Just have a bunch of beef liver with the boys. Well, it's, you know? it's uh, hard alcohol, I think, is better for you. You know, it's like that movie from I think it was like the 80s where they're shooting into the house the vampires are in the house they're shooting in the house and the bullets aren't hitting are hurting the vampires even though they're hitting them but it's making holes in the in the, oh, the sun's coming through yeah and the sun's coming through and it's burning the vampires that's what alcohol to me is it's the sugar oh, it's the sugar that gets you same with All the right, meat let's, uh, breaks down into sugar yeah. let's grab one more idea Chris Men, what does it say Chris Mandela is that what it says Mendela, billionaires don't keep their money in their bank accounts. They invest in companies and stocks. Most of these billionaires, like Elon, have very little liquid cash. Most of their worth is from stocks, particularly Elon. Everyone says he's worth $200 billion, but that's just stock in Tesla. He can't do anything with that. What they can do is take loans against their stock, and then they have a ton of money, and then they, they can cash out their stock when they're allowed to, and then pay back loans and things like that. And pay a hefty tax bill. Which that's is right. Yeah. You uh, paid so, a lot of taxes. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends if you really like it, because that's the most powerful way for podcasts to grow is word of mouth. Head over to TimCast.com, become a member, because we're going to have an uncensored members only show coming up in about 10 minutes. And if you join the Discord, you can get access to uh, actually calling into the show after six months of membership or at least 25 bucks. Then we screen callers and we choose a few every night. So we just started doing this recently and it's, it's the most fun thing, uh, I, I think, all day. So uh, do that, TimCast.com. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL on Instagram and I think everywhere. And uh, you can follow me personally at TimCast. Peter, do you want to shout anything out? Uh, Peter Bogosian. I'm on Twitter at Peter, at Peter Bogosian, B-O-G-H-O-S-S-I-N. I have a YouTube channel. I think it's, if you just put in Peter Bogosian, it will come up and have a nonprofit, National Progress Alliance, and we fight wokeness and promote free speech and open discourse full time. So appreciate the same thing, liking our channel, subscribing, and, and sharing. How do you, you how do you spell that again? B O G H O S S I A N. Peter, thank you so much for coming on. My YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash we are change. I started going live sporadically, randomly doing uh, little talks. If you want to check that out, definitely subscribe. Um, I don't know when, I don't have a schedule, so just make sure you're subscribed there. I'm also going to be doing a members only meetup this Thursday in Austin. And if you want to find out about that, check out lukeunfiltered.com, lukeunfiltered.com. And uh, I'm really excited to meet some of you guys here in Austin. I think we, uh, Luke and I may be doing a video this week. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a live one. It's going to be live, you guys, awesome. on Luke's channel. We are changed. It was really fun listening to you guys tonight. Peter, thanks for coming, man. Oh, I appreciate really great. it. I appreciate it. Thank awesome. you. And I, I, I want to say I really enjoy the spirited discourse. And I think one of the reasons that your podcast has been successful, you and Rogan, is because you do have these kind of... And I like it when people tell me I'm wrong. I, I find that to be in that... Uh, Tim Urban's book, What's Our Problem? Like, that's the higher level. That's what you want to do. Like, that's a reason that cements and glues friendships is people say, you know, they call you out and you don't take it personally. I don't take it personally. I ask you a question. You answer a question. I ask you a question. So I think that there's something really lovely about that. And that's what cements relationships. That's so what many we should more, all be man. doing. Yes. Yeah. Thank right you. On. And we also have Mr. Duprea on the microphone. No Thank camera, you. though. Thank yeah, you. no camera, guys. High Sorry. energy surge in the house. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm just hanging out. All right, everybody. Head over to TimCast.com for the Uncensored Show, and we will see you all in a few minutes.